0: Welcome to another episode of Name in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and
1: with me as always are Mike, Steve, and Dan. I went last? Yeah, yeah I know. You're not good anymore. Well, Sorry we switched buddy. places. This is confusing. There's I like being close been. to you. You've lost
2: th- your standing, I'm
1: afraid. I've gained there... the ultimate power. What episode are we on now? Oh, too fuck. many. Well, I don't even know. Um, I was going to say we've done like at least 100 plus of these. It's like 120 something. In a very specific order. And now <laughs> this, is, this is a problem. It's a huge problem. You know what? It's Ward's fault. Fuck Ward. True, that is correct. He is not here. So that's that is true. It's yeah. true. Fuck we'll Ward. give him a pass though this week. Yeah. yeah. It's a less emphatic fuck Ward.
0: Yeah, it's like a, it's a reluctant fuck Ward. Like, mm. like a, I guess fuck him.
1: Yeah. 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 So. And he even brought us presents beforehand. Yeah, we're dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, actually. <laughs> Thank you for the presents. Yeah, because, uh, got some cool managers.
2: Sorry, I told you to fuck
0: off, Ward.
1: Okay. <laughs> Everybody feels shame. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
0: may as well jump in with this weekend hobby. Um, Steve, you want to go first? Oh,
1: it's been bad. It's end of the season for car stuff, so I haven't done any hobbying. I'll, I'll claim my hobbying as getting models given to me by Ward. Okay. extend my hobby.
0: Well, no, you can do the good old fashioned one to one scale hobbying claims.
1: Yeah, true. I did. Yeah, a little bit of. So you're working
0: on a model, a, car. Uh, model car.
1: Yeah, there we go. That's me. Um, for myself, a little bit of Aeronautica stuff, so, yeah, I got all my previous Forge Rolled uh, stuff all built and primed and cleaned, which was more of a pain in the ass than I expected. Uh, I've got a good handful of the new plastic Imperial stuff built and primed and cleaned, which was less of a pain in the ass, and, which was good. Yeah, the and old I, resin stuff was just a nightmare, I'm assuming. And, yeah, it was, it was all warped and badly cast and all the rest of it like there's way more components to the new parts but they go together yeah way better yeah computer design is great <laughs> and uh <laughs> and aside from that too just e- earlier this evening i popped apart um all of the bases from the new aer- aeronautica stuff so i could uh get them they're airbrushed and uh, gonna just do the washes and the highlights and pick yeah. out the firing arcs and all that fun stuff later on I think those will actually look cool. Just with a quick little wash on them. At least yeah. do something other than boring. I, I don't think closet. it'll take much, but like a little splash of color. I haven't to really mark, looked at the bases yet. A little splash of color to mark the firing arcs. And um, like maybe t- do a little bit of something for the altitude and the speed indicators. Yeah. And you're good to go. Yeah. So, yeah. Because they even got like the little metallic uh, outline thing going on with them. The wash that. will be real quick. Plus, cool.
2: it's, it's not right if it doesn't have a black rim. Right, Dan? This, it might
1: actually have exhaust manifold rims.
0: Yeah. 100%. The exhaust
1: manifold is sweet, oh.
0: and covers really well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> yes,
0: honestly, I've true. seen a lot of different versions where they do the like red or green looking radar for the front half, and it just looks fucking good.
1: Oh, yeah, that's we can oh. talk about that more in a little bit, but I'll I'll definitely be doing that. Hmm, I see what you're saying. That's kind of cool. What's um, top? yeah, t- uh, tiny planes. <laughs> Everybody saw the tiny plane. Yeah,
0: I built the tiny plane train. Yeah, I built the orc portion of the starter, and... and you weren't invited, Steve.
1: No, it's fine. He I was have,
0: invited. He declined.
1: I have too many other things. You, you just were pushing Titanicus, like, the other Wait, day. I don't know what about. I almost bought Titanicus at, when I was at Roy's this weekend. Uh, well, oh, can, I, did, I did procure two more Ravagers. Um, that counts as my hobby. But I was there, and I was like, man, I should buy a Titanicus. You but should. But I know they're all playing Imperial- or uh, Aeronautica. Well, at least they're the same scale, so at some point they might be the same game. And then I'm going to come back to, like, like I'll start doing my Titanicus. Nobody's going to be playing Titanicus anymore. I'll have that done. Then I'll slowly get on the Imperialis, or the Aeronautica bandwagon. You guys won't be playing that anymore. Well, that that is exactly what happened to me the first time <laughs> around with uh, Aeronautica, where I bought stuff, and it took a while to get here, and by the time it got here... Everybody locally had stopped playing. So Mike, you do you already have your stuff almost done? Oh no,
2: hell no. Okay, are we going to my my, my weekend this weekend hobby? I didn't even I, say I, what I, I did yet. Other oh than yeah, what yeah sure. Cool.
0: Yeah, no. Well, I built the Orc starter set, and the Orcs are one of the planes is almost done, except for weathering and decals. Oh, and then cool. the other four still need a little bit of work, uh, paint work before I can get into the having and decals. So, is that the
1: starter set? Yeah, that's the, okay. That's the entirety of it. So you get, literally get two boxes of works, effectively. Well, you get not two quite. half boxes. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was four. Because uh... the you get three Dakajets and two Fightabamas, and they come oh, it's six four Fightabamas to a okay. box, yeah. or six Dakajets gotcha. to a box. Normally, gotcha. But nice. it's yeah. So it's one each of the sprues, and you normally get two sprue in the expansions. And okay. you're saying that's about 100 points. Yes, that is that is 100 points. Yeah, and oh, so because and they were saying the max is like 250 kind of thing. That's like the top end. Yeah, and even then, so literally would, buying two boxes and you're good. I think even 250, like you, you better be playing
2: on a bigger map. That's why we can't figure out why you didn't jump in a little bit.
1: No, it's only 100 bucks. What's the starter set? No big deal. <laughs>
0: Well, in all honesty, that's, this is one of the, Okay, we'll we'll talk about that more later. That That's that's legitimately the only period we're talking about today, so let's not j- dive into it too quick. Um,
1: cool. Yeah. Because that'll increase our speed? Yes. And then we could break up on a failed handling roll.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, you would. My guys at least have the higher
1: Lobby speed. Lobby stuff. Focus, <laughs> down. Um, but I,
0: my guys are death skulls, so they are. They're kind of like blue and, and white, which I'm really into, so... Nice. Cool. And I'm guessing Mike's are going to be evil sons.
2: Is, is wait? There's a different option. No, there isn't. There's no <laughs> different option. Is that your pass off to me
0: now? Yeah, hundred percent.
2: All right. So here's what I did. I finished my Corvus <laughs> 12 Yeah, we're Warcry. Oh, you did. You got uh, Warcry stuff done. Just no. I've got two of the six bands done.
0: Do you own all six? Maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Well done.
2: I've got two of them done, in, in, and all of the scenery. Okay. Okay. Nice. You, you, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's an
1: you, accomplishment for a guy that does not me, like For me, that that's a lot of
2: shit. I got to tell you right now. I, you, I like. I need a gold star or something. Come on, guys. Here.
0: Okay. How about I give you a crisp high five? Uh, okay.
2: There we go. And what else did I do Oh, I bought one of everything of Aeronautica. I put it together, primed it, and gave base coats and masking. And yeah.
1: Yeah, they're coming along nicely. Yeah. Yep. Looking good. I like the Imperial uh, Marauder or not Marauder. What is that thing? The, fighter. the destroyer? The Thunderbolt. Oh, the th- the Thunderbolt. Yeah. Thunderbolt looks really good.
2: And one is 90% done. The rest all have base coats on.
1: Yeah, that's what I was talking about. I think it's going to look good. That was the decals of the kit? Yes, yes. Yeah, but the cool
2: yeah. thing is is uh, those Eagle Wing decals. Yeah. If, the, if you look at the, uh, uh, what is it, the, the smaller uh, Titan-like? Armature. Uh, armatures. You know yeah. the decal sets they come with? Yeah. There's one that has the wings and a skull in the center. Yeah, and it's split down the middle. That's going to be my Thunderbolt Fury wings
1: for my ace. Oh yeah, perfect. Oh dude, that's awesome. I was actually starting to do that earlier today. Like I came across some. But I said it first, so it's my idea. I came across some of my Titanicus decals (laughs) while um, while getting ready to like paint the bases, and then I was like, oh, I need to start looking at some of my other 40k decal sheets and other things to find more Imperial Eagles and cool shit to hijack. The Titanicus decals ridiculous. My God, those are some of the nicest decal sheets. That yeah. Anyways, it's digression. But still, <laughs> absurd. That'll work well. I like the uh, the way you've done the wings on that. That'll be, that'll be
2: yeah. Cool. I try to go for the wings It's similar to uh, Mustang and P thirty one Lightnings. Have stripings on their wings and stuff like that. So that's kind of the idea I
1: was going for. Nice, cool. Right on. Should we jump into shut up and take my money? Yeah. Well, well, I I have an easy one. Plastic Aspect Warriors. <laughs> oh God! What are those? I oh, don't God. understand. Or incubi. Yeah, plastic. Are you saying and, yeah. you want to buy
2: Eldar stuff?
1: Yeah, literally all of whatever they have that's going to come out. Those uh, those are, those, have, those exist in plastic now. That's allowed. Not just our Avengers. Did you not see that? Oh, I've seen them. Oh yeah. Being slightly facetious. Not only not only uh, so the whole psychic awakening thing. They've been teasing like the first book, and they haven't said anything about it being explicitly Eldar, but they've only shown Eldar models. I think Uh, they did
0: say it was an Eldari book.
1: I was not paying They had all the Eldar prophecies, and I think... I was not paying that close of attention. Uh, Yeah, I didn't read enough to say that it was specifically Eldar. I mean, I think they're probably focusing on Eldar. I thought thought they said there's going to be rules for every faction in it.
0: No, there's rules for every faction in this wave of expansions. Yeah. But not not every book is going to be every faction. Okay. Because those
1: would be very large
0: books. So between when this gets released and a year after it gets released will be the entirety of the Psychic Awakening. And during that time, every faction gets something.
1: But what I love about this is the initial uh, tease of this, where each Aspect Warrior is going to be able to choose from six different uh, Aspect Powers or whatever. Or each Exarch is going to be able to choose. So your Exarchs are basically Warlords? Yeah. yeah, And you have strats to give them multiple uh, different options. Yanari Exarchs, where they've like... anyways. I'll be one of each, please. (laughs) It'll be really cool to see
0: a Bealtan army, actually, on the table again.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing about the Eldar book. The Eldar book isn't bad, but you know what is terrible in the Eldar book? Aspect Warriors. So making them, like, awesome, see some fire dragons, striking scorpions, that's the thing that I'm most excited for, plastic striking scorpions. If they do them, like, all, like, super cool and posed up and all that sort of stuff... (laughs) <laughs> just watch,
0: so, like, the first kits they release in eight years that are just completely boring mono-pose. Yeah, that, that is
1: actually one of the things I do want to say. The the Incubi, the plastic clavex, that's one that was a little bit of a letdown because the the pose for him was very static. Like, he, it's cool that he had the Demi-Claves and all that sort of stuff, but he was r- he, super He's static. just standing there. Yeah, he's not vaulting over any other ruins or anything like that, like the Howling yeah. Banshee was. I'm yeah, actually into totally. that, though. and
0: the, It's funny because they actually described it I don't know if you read the description of the miniature, and they were talking about how they wanted it to be more of, like, the come-get-some stance, yeah, as opposed to, it like, every other Eldar model they've done in the that's last like, little while.
1: crazy amount of motion. Yeah. Yeah, the Incubi are definitely supposed to be Guardians more than anything, like, Guardians of important targets and characters and that kind of stuff. But the other thing that's kind of a letdown about that is the rule set for the uh, clayvax was the same as uh, Index Xenos. And Incubi are real bad. Like his weapons, the Demi-Clays. Demi-Clays went away in the Codex because there's no model for a, a clayvax, So like they've been doing with all the Index stuff, they got rid of it. Now they're bringing it back. Bringing it back with the same rules. And Incubi aren't doing great in the first place, so I wonder what they'll do with that. But Monday is going to be another big reveal, so that's probably... I'm hoping it's Exodites. And then that will be a horrible, horrible death spiral that you won't see me for a couple months. oh dude just try to come up for at least once a week yeah that's the plan could you
0: imagine if they finally did exodites
1: yeah they said it's a big it's it's only been elder they've been talking about psychic awakening and they have a reveal you can't miss all that sort of stuff there's been exodite rumors for like the last six months pretty solid I kind of hope it isn't and I kind of hope it is so would they be riding dinosaurs I hope so God. Cause that would be fucking awesome. Cadillacs
0: and dinosaurs meets forty k.
1: Like literally flying Eldar with lasers mounted to dinosaurs. <laughs> It'd be absurd. Like absolutely the most ridiculous shit. Yeah. Straight anyway. out of the eighties. I love it. Yeah, that's me. Damn. Um, for me to shut up and take my money. Aside from, I definitely, I, I was putting off getting more Marauder destroyers because, like, I have the one resin one, but he was really fun to use in the game because he he basically rolls dice like a fucking orc. Okay. Like the modern destroyers are, yeah, they are beefcake. They're the most expensive Imperial plane, and with damn good reason. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. They are quite good. So I think I'm gonna to need to get the legit, proper scale versions of those. Yeah, because you were saying that. Well, the pictures, they're they're about like 10 15 percent smaller. It is. It is like a full on thirty percent. The uh, the old ones are six mil. The new ones are eight, and they do seem to be like pretty much a perfect mathematical gotcha. thing. Like okay. the uh, the resin. The resin marauders are only a little bit bigger than the new plastic Thunderbolts. Nice. So it's like, kind of everything bumps up one size into the plastic, and it's, yep. it's noticeable. Cool. But I'll probably be picking up a box set of those once I get some of the other stuff uh, painted. Um, well, don't do that. Why wait? <laughs> because but no. you'll, you'll never buy it. <laughs> but, like, the models are, like, <laughs> sitting there primed and waiting for airbrushing in the next couple days. And uh, I've got my colors all figured out for them already. Miraculously, I own all the, like, German RLM paints that I need to do the color schemes. Like, I just happen to have them all, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I will give Dan that these paint up significantly faster than i Not that I've painted any, but this scale paints yeah. up a lot quicker. And especially because my next shop and take my money purchase is going to be... So, uh, getting Like, sourcing them is becoming a little bit of a pain in the ass, but I want to pick up the AK Interactive uh, weathering pencil set. Oh, I didn't know It's I basically thinking. an array of like the full, almost full rainbow of like pencil crayons sort of thing, but they're halfway between wax pencils and weathering pigments. Interesting. And you basically sharpen it like a pencil and you can either moisten them or use them dry. Um, just do on your weathering and use like a moistened with water brush to like s- streak and do other fun things. So you can do mm-hmm. a lot of stuff really quickly and easily that would normally be like um, enamel and oil painting effects. But it's, yeah, there. So you can do like the the soot marks, I'm assuming quite easily with yep. that. Just you can do, the, line, you can do this, the streaking on the leading edge of the wings really yep. easily. Um, you could, you know, dab up some soot onto various areas of the models. Like you could do nicks and scratches and rust and all kinds of stuff. And they have like three or four rust colors, huh. a whole bunch of browns and greens and grays. Um, they don't have mu- a little bit, they have a little bit in the way of like blues and reds, but not a ton. They're, there's one that in the tiny little thumbnail picture. Looks kind of slightly purple. Yeah, I can't figure out why you really need a blue. Uh, well, it's just for shade, paint,
2: scrape, paint, and stuff like that, it's uh, usually- and for
1: shading, um, for shading blue and blue-gray military vehicles as well. You kind of need it. Okay. Um, and it's it is. Interactive stuff is definitely based on like real-world military stuff, so they won't have the like crazy greens and blues and purples that yep. like um, secret weapon would- miniatures will have. Yeah. It's not a sci-fi thing, but I think it's something like thirty-six or forty or How whatever different set? Uh, colors. From Meeple Mart, which no longer has free shipping, I think they're I think they're like sixty five ish seventy bucks. It's so bad. A few other places I have it on I found it online that do have free shipping. It costs more. And currently, there's nowhere that I can find online that has both Microsol and the AK Interactive pencils in stock at the same time. So it's going to be doing because I need both. I don't have any Microsol or Microset anymore, and uh, I haven't been able to find any locally. And it'll probably be involving buying them from separate online stores and paying shipping twice and all that mm-hmm. other bullshit. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, those weathering pencils should make the streaking effects and the weathering and the the soot and all the other stuff on these guys um, really really easy. And getting those small precise lines yeah. on models of this scale would be normally quite difficult but with pe- with pencil crayons, basically. Yeah, it's going to be a lot simpler. Totally, I agree. Oh, and there's metallic ones in the set as well. They have like the couple of different shades of. Silver, I don't know if they have any like gold or copper or whatever, but they have like metallic weathering pencil crayon type things. Hmm. Interesting. So that, it, it looks fucking awesome. The videos that I've seen online seem really good. The price is reasonable to get the full spectrum, and you can buy them all individually as well. They're like two bucks each.
2: I'd hmm. really like to hear how they work once you
1: have Yeah, I'm I'm somewhat skeptical, but yeah. I'm interested. I, w- sure. I was watching some videos on their AK Interactive YouTube channel earlier this week, and they seem pretty straightforward. Sure, yeah. So, I, I'm going to take the plunge on that rather than buying all of the enamel streaking products that I was thinking about buying because it's this will be cheaper. Yeah. Because you can get 40 colors for like the 60 odd bucks instead of paying like 7 or $8 per jar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll add up really quickly to get the enamels and you have to fuck around with um, like turpentine. Yeah. And if you drop stuff. those powders on your on your floor, it's not the end of the world. You have to tear out the rug. <laughs> if yeah, you drop like, the If you drop a pencil, it's fine. Yeah. Pencil crowns, <laughs> not too bad. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it seems like a pretty pretty solid product, and I'd be hopefully uh, getting a review of those in at some point in the next little while. Cool. Tom? Uh, <clears throat>
0: well, the Aeronautica stuff was the big thing. Uh, picked up the, the starter and the Rin's World campaign book and the dice and the orc cards and whatnot. Uh, other than that, uh, there was three new Ride Quest minis came out this week, so okay, cool. grab those. Nice. Um, and, oh man, I'm a little bit like, the countdown is on for Crisis Protocol. We know we now know it's a November street date.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of stuff for that popping up the last few days.
0: So, I'm really excited for that, because they also announced that right after the the starter set comes out, the first expansion is going to be all the Black Panther minis. Yeah. So, Okay. Okay. I'm really excited for that one.
1: Nice. That'll be cool. It
0: looks, they, they look so good. And the tables are going to be so much fun to make for that game.
1: Yeah, totally. <whistles> totally. Yeah, the, the scale being slightly off of what we're used to because it's 40 mil would be a little bit of an issue for scenery, but like yeah. not so much that... It's not like Inquisitor with 54 mil scenery where it's like, oh, I've, I've made a building, it's the size of my house. Yeah. Well, I mean, frankly, some of the GW scenery that's 28 mil scale heroic, you could just straight up use for that. Yeah, the Sector, mechanica, the sector mechanica stuff would just straight yeah. up work for Inquisitor if you started playing Inquisitor for some reason. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it would yeah, work for that game too. Yeah, and like I've said before, it's
0: O-scale trains. Yeah, exactly. So any of that scenery stuff will be fucking perfect.
1: I think you could, uh, honestly, with the Sector Mechanica stuff for, like, uh, an industrial park plus a few O-scale trains, like, just, you could literally have, like, a refinery done. Problem solved. Yeah, I don't think the train will be that that bad to actually get a table going relatively reasonably. I also totally
0: want to do up the trailer park. Yeah,
1: I mean, that'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be absolutely amazing. Would you just buy a bunch of those ones that we saw at yeah. uh, Hobby Wholesale? 100%. They're not cheap. No, but they're beautiful. Well they the, are. I think
0: the trailers were like 80 bucks.
1: Yeah, they, they were the, one of the cheaper ones. The buildings were
0: like 150 to 250. But they're super cool because they, like, they're huge, they're, they're really lit. detailed, they light up. And it's one of those things where, yeah, it'd be a little more expensive, but having beautiful looking terrain that you can put pretty much zero effort into yeah, yeah, yeah. It is kind of a big deal.
1: Yeah, totally. So. That's cool. Mike, how about you? Well, it already
2: took all my money, but... Uh, <laughs> you got more. Shut up and take all my credit limit. <laughs> Shut up and give me back my credit limit. You mean... Uh, I bought all the Aeronautica stuff. The only thing I didn't buy was another set of fighter bombers. Okay. That was the pretty much a... That we was your by, by everything. That was your
1: moment of restraint. Was not picking the last. Yes, yeah, I home. held. The, I
2: held myself back. Are you proud of me?
0: And no, honestly, I don't
1: think you're going to need more than two.
0: That's the other
1: reason. Because <laughs> you're going to get Evy bombas down yes, the road. Yes, yes, and they seem way cooler. Um,
2: yeah, I'm tapped out for.
1: That yeah. is fair. <laughs> that is totally fair. fair. <laughs> yeah, you've entered the refractory period. Yeah, thanks. you until
0: the next new because you got dinged by. Um, <clears throat> The War Cry. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. And you bought all the Warcry, Yeah. And then Aeronautica came out, and you bought all the Aeronautica. Yeah. So you're just like in a holding pattern until their next big release?
2: No, I'm, I'm trying to hide under a rock now because I, <laughs> I can't keep it up anymore.
0: <laughs> it's, it's Is a that lot, an age man? thing?
2: Or? Yeah, it's okay, we'll go with age. I'm okay with that. Just, <laughs> just leave me alone. Stop picking on me, man. Saying, you
1: still have your Eldar on me?
2: Yes, I do, actually. No. Nah. <laughs> only thing I sold was in The Revenant. No, no, I still have that. I wouldn't I wouldn't take anything less than what I paid for it, and it's painted up nicely. Yeah. So if, if somebody's not willing to give that, I just said I'd rather keep it in my cab. Yeah, totally, that's fair. Uh, the only thing, actually, the only thing I have sold is a Forge World, the Grot tank, the big one, the land... Grot cream. mega tank? Yes, that,
1: that and it was, wasn't even uh, primed yet. Gotcha. Those are super cool, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, so what I'm saying is when the uh, psychic awakening stuff comes out, you're in trouble. Well, we haven't even <laughs> We haven't even said Beast Grave yet. What? Oh yeah, that will oh, thing. Shut up. <clears coughs> <trying> to, <laughs> you know what?
2: Actually, I'm a little not going into that because they pretty much uh, for somebody who's been playing and collecting the whole range, they just axed the first season,
1: they're no longer. Yes, the the, the, the cards, generic
0: cards. The cards. Yeah, but
1: you can't even buy the models anymore. Really? So if you don't have them already, you're fucked. You Wait, can what? still, you can if you, yeah. They're they're doing a thing where they're um, they're making it so the first season Shadespire. Yes, the yes. first season, the first season Shadespire uh, Warbands are still playable, but the generic cards from that era are gone. Oh, really? So you and cannot. they're gonna make it. They're gonna make it so the cards. That's for tournament play. It's like yeah, you're it's still it's, able to play with it, whatever you bought. But yeah. they're going to make it so that yeah. the current season plus the previous season are the only ones that are allowed um, in yeah. competitive play. I'm fine with that. That That's okay in my mind. Like, But it does kind of suck if you don't already have them, they've discontinued them. Like, Yeah, yeah but then what just,
2: well, how you're rewarding the people that have been loyal and with you from the beginning, like, that's how I feel.
0: Yeah, I, I guess a little bit of a tangent, but I'm actually a little bit hopeful that um, if Games Workshop doesn't, that the community at least does... Embrace the notion of there being multiple ways to approach it competitively, much like Magic, where you've got your current season and then you have the like legacy or whatever else, where you play with everything as like an alternative tournament format. And I'm totally fine with that. That's okay.
2: But if they're saying like, uh, but they kind of control the. The tournament packs yeah. for that, too, don't they? But anyways... Well, they
1: they control what's in them, but... They, yeah. they control the, the fact that you can buy the prize support packs, and the prize support yeah. packs have a specific format. Yeah. So if you want to run your own tournament, you have to kind of go out on a, on a limb to, to do something different yeah. with the legendary... or legends, or whatever but they're going to yeah, anyways,
2: I, I, I would really be excited normally, but right now I'm kind of...
1: Eh, yeah, fair. There's because a, I yeah. feel
2: like I've been betrayed a little bit. That's totally fair. I yeah. see that. And there's I mean, enough. Totally
1: and there's enough other stuff to keep you busy. in the Yeah,
2: I, I'm. I'm okay. Uh, my quota is full. It, it is, is interesting, interesting that, that, that
1: they are clearly going towards uh, Magic: The Gathering style. Like this is our current season. These are the cards that are playable. And I get what they're trying to do with balancing the game. And they've said it's going to be a competitive game. They want to make sure that people are that are into it are playing a very well thought out game. But I at the same time I also they're miniatures. It's not just cards.
0: Yeah, but the interesting thing for me is that it. I pr- ultimately why I've lost interest in the game Is that it's not a side piece game
1: Yeah, yeah right?
0: Like yeah. Aeronautica, I buy these planes I buy a new plane or two as they come out Totally, And I'm good and I can just kind of play as is
1: It's a lot like 40k, you have to be on top of all the supplements And know what's going on to be good
0: at it Yeah, exactly, and it, it becomes that game Where ultimately if you want to play it competitively And it is probably the best competitive format Yeah, I agree with that um, You're buying everything as it comes out You're staying current, you're understanding what the, mo- like the current deck builds are I just don't have the time or interest for that shit.
1: I hear you. I'm 100% on board with that. Yep. Yep. So. That being said, I will still continue to play a ton of the Skaven War Band from the first one uh, with people that are casual gamers. So you and me
0: can casual play the fuck.
2: I'll casual play too. That's what I'm leaning to, but I'm just, it's kind of put a dull, uh, I don't know, I'm not as excited about it anymore. anymore.
0: It's also not fucking Tiny planes, man. Yeah,
2: no, that too. Also, did frankly... Did you your paint, like... paint your skater
0: yet,
1: Steve? They're kind of painted. Um, <laughs> which one? Are we talking about the Blood Bowl team? No. Nope. No, they're not. Well, that's the one that matters folks oh, Unpainted is the type of painted. Yeah. They're, okay. they're brown. They're painted all brown. Yeah. <laughs> I think they came brown. <laughs> yeah, they came brown, Steve. <laughs> Anyways, we should move on. Yeah, why not? <laughs> We're done.
0: Uh, fucking tiny planes, hey? Yep. So, Thanks. I kind of want to break this down <clears throat> into two segments. One we'll talk about... Um, the game itself, and and the releases, and then I want to talk about maybe some hobby tips for tiny planes afterwards. Sure. So let's jump right into like the game itself and the release, and and what it is that we we feel and think about it. Okay. Um, because I'm just gonna go ahead and save this right now, five pucks.
1: I'm a passenger Ooh, on this one. I have not played it, played it at all, and uh, I'm waiting to hear a little bit more about the game before I have any sort of review.
0: So straight up five pucks. Um, th- let's start with the starter set. It is amazing value, I think, because it's one of the few times you can pick up a starter set and you're already playing it a good size
1: game. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, because right? games like X-Wing, it's a $40-$50 starter set, and you get like 25-30 points per side. Don't you get just one X-Wing and two ties? Correct.
3: Yeah, yeah whereas, that's not a game.
1: So you you have to buy like two or three extra expansion packs before you can play a full size game, yeah. whereas this is straight up like, a starter-sized, fully ready-to-go, balanced list matchup right off, right off the bat. I do understand them not trying to want to paint people into a faction. Like, if you give somebody too many things, then they're kind of like, this is what everybody plays. You have to, like, I, I kind of know what they're doing with X-Wing, because there's so many different ships. Yeah, now that game is insanely bloated. But in 40k, there's not that many aircraft variants, actually, across any of the factions. Like, not much moment. more pared down.
0: Yeah. And honestly, it was one of those things too, where we've cracked it out. Um, the the tokens are card, but they're a decent the decent thickness card, like pretty solid. Um,
1: they're a little smaller than X wing tokens for the most part for if you're looking for comparables.
0: Yeah, but everything's really legible. The rule set was so easy to pick up.
1: there's There's one or two points where you wish there were some diagrams in the rules. like they are very short, and some of the movement descriptions are text only. Or, like, firing... There's no diagrams for firing arcs, other than, are you tailing the plane to get, like, a free shot against them? Interesting. That was the only diagram for firing arcs Where is the rule... Where do you guys have the rulebook kicking around? Because I see the Rin's World campaign. Which is also the rulebook.
0: Yeah, this is one of the coolest things. The rules are so small that every expansion moving forward is also going to contain the core rules.
1: Yeah, the core rules are basically just, like, a chapter in the campaign book. And the the starter set sort of comes, like, the... The pamphlet, like, softback version. Yeah, I can see Mike flipping through it here. This okay.
0: is in the Rin's book. That's the rules.
1: That's actually a decent amount. It's more it than 40K 30 rules. 30
0: pages, including the intro.
1: That's kind of interesting. That's more than the 40K rules. So I'm assuming that has all the data sheets?
0: No. Oh. But it's, it's different, right? And, like, it's got... I think the layout of it's actually pretty good. Um aside
1: from maybe not having quite enough diagrams?
0: Yeah, there is technically like one movement diagram.
1: I see the tailing diagram. Yeah, we were we were getting into a bit of a just debate of like do you get the option to like move any hexes straight forward before you execute your maneuver? Because again, there's no real good diagram showing that. So, more important how does but, the game work? What's the general gist of it?
0: So the general breakdown is it's it starts off with um, you're rolling for initiative, and then you're assigning all your ships their maneuvers. And did much deploy, like X-wing, do you have a set deployment? Uh, yeah, set deployment depending on the scenario. But for the general dogfight, it's within three hexes of the each person's end. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but with and then when you deploy them, you determine their speed and their altitude. Okay. Because we do have different altitudes in the game, and and both of those things are variable that can change as you go. Yeah. Um, what's really cool about it though is that there's eight different maneuvers that you can do as a plane, and depending. And that's common to everybody no No. sorry those eight maneuvers are common to everyone however depending on what plane you are you'll maybe have one through three or one through four That's or one through that. five so as the numbers of the maneuvers go up so does the complexity so for example the, um, the fight obama can only go one to four gotcha. whereas the uh, the DACA jets go one to five whereas the thunderbolts go all the way up to six
1: and the marauders are one two three only that makes sense so there's nothing that goes one through eight yet. Yet, I could I'm assuming see Eldar. Shh, Eldar will probably be like if goddamn happens, you know dancers there, right? in the sky. They'll be really annoying. Yeah, but um, I could see if they come out with the lightning fighter for the Imperials, it might be like a faster, lighter. Sure. Because uh, there's a scout class mm-hmm. of fighters that currently don't have any any rules. Um, but like, there's fighters, bombers, and scout vehicles. So I assume the light vehicles, like the lightning, will be the scouts. Will probably be the most maneuverable. Gotcha. A little bit less of a heavy hitter, that's for sure. Interesting. Okay. So, so it kind of kind of makes makes sense. Anyway. So you've got your different uh, um, maneuvers that you can do.
0: Yeah, and so one of the things that I, and then once you once that's all figured out, obviously you'll see if anyone's tailing and they get to shoot, and then you go into the actual movement phase. So I'm just glossing over tailing yeah, for yeah, a sure. second. Um, the movement phase is really it's cool. It's like free
1: shots if you're behind somebody, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha.
0: But you have to have determined that the previous turn. Gotcha. Um, the movement I really love for one main reason. So you've got these maneuvers, and I'll just show you, Steve. This is what the mover card looks like.
1: Yeah, Mike was just showing me that. So these are all your... Oh, I see. So it's not like X-Wing where you have... Because it's a hex-based game, it's not where you have different like I'm gonna do a hard left. Yeah, you don't left two. You don't just have a movement template that shows yeah. you to the millimeter exactly where you go. So level flight, you move two squares forward, or two hexes forward. You move however many hexes your current speed is. Gotcha. Okay. You have to move your current speed in hexes no matter what your maneuver is, but you get to choose like at what point in your turn you execute your turn. So like you 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 flip over your thing, you say I'm doing uh I'm doing a move three, I'm doing a turn, and you say I'm turning left. So you rotate your base, you move however many hexes you want forwards. Which has to be at least one. Has to be at least one, okay. and then you execute the proper turn, and then finish your move. Interesting. Okay. So so you get to pick left or right, you get to pick exactly when you turn, and you get, depending on the maneuver, you get to pick your facings as well at the end. Yeah, they oh, they have the little arrows at the end of the facing. So, like, for example, you go level flight, you can turn one angle in either direction at the end yes. of your move. Yeah. In addition to your turn during your move. Well, level flight, that is the only rotation that you get is the rotation... Yeah, you'll see how some of them have multiple arrows. Oh, so like a bank. Yeah. Or stoop, or like whatever. They're really complicated ones. You can actually execute multiple turns as part of a single maneuver. And because you get to choose so after you So you reveal. can go one through three, you can do level flight two and three? Or you just pick one? You pick no, one. You pick one at it's it's a time. Gotcha, okay. So where it, where it becomes really interesting
0: for me is that in a lot of these games... Um, I think especially X-Wing, who goes first or second can be a huge fucking deal. Yeah, sure. Um, And in this one it is as well, but because you're able to choose the nuance of your flight path, if you're going second, you actually have a lot of opportunity... To react to your opponent's moves. Yeah. Gotcha, okay. So you're committing to the style of maneuver, but how exactly you're executing that maneuver can vary a pretty wild amount. So when you
1: declare your maneuvers... All the beginning. Yeah, you, Secretly put, they're all the you put them all. You so put, very much like X-wing. So you yeah. have, you have tokens numbered one through eight gotcha. for all the maneuvers, okay. and you put okay. one face down next to the base of all your ships, and then you start doing the alternating activations to flip those dials. Yeah. So instead of where X-wing, where you you do the alternating activation thing or whatever, right? And then. But X-wing, you do it in the in, in initiative order, sets the order that all your planes move. Yeah. Um, these don't have an initiative order like that. You roll off every turn to see who has to go first, or. Or, sorry, who gets to choose to go first or go second. Gotcha. Uh, And that will also determine who shoots first and shoots second. Yeah. Um, But you do alternate every time. So, like, sometimes you might want to move your bomber first. Sometimes you might want to move one of your fighters first. You're not locked into an initiative order like X-Wing. I'm barely barely remembering this. I haven't played X-Wing in probably two years. But, yeah, that's right. Each Depending on the pilot skills, how each uh, plane moves. That's right. So you don't have that here. You get to basically choose what's going to move, but you're locked into that aside from the fact you can choose left or right.
0: And exactly like, <clears throat> are you going to go two squares bu- or two hexes before turning, or three yeah, or yeah, yeah. four, and then at the end of that maneuver,
1: so you're locked into you your finish off your movement. Yeah.
0: And then also before you move, you can use your... Adjust uh, your throttle. Your throttle, so more maneuverable planes of a higher throttle skill.
1: Yeah, so before you move, you can adjust your throttle? Yeah, yeah and so you... you can either go up or down to a total of your throttle. Interesting. In speed or altitude? Speed. Okay. And then altitude, altitude is you adjust. End. Yeah, altitude, you adjust after. Um, and depending on how fast you're moving, you can go up to or down to, and that will also affect your speed going into the next turn. How many levels of altitude are there? Five total. Gotcha. There used to be ten, so now there's five. It's way more simplified. Yeah, that's good. Um, but it's still it matters. And for like if, when you're playing a mission that has like air to ground combat, some of your weapons need to be you need to be closer to the ground and engage ground targets. Sure. Yeah. Um, you might want to climb or dive to like escape enemy firing, that sort of a thing. And I'm assuming there's bonuses if you're at a higher altitude attacking somebody lower. I uh, know. No. Oh, really? Yeah, actually, you, for every degree of altitude that you're away from your opponent, it's a minus one to hit, and you start at a five plus to hit.
2: I thought, but there is an ace that gives you a bonus if you're above. Yes, sure.
1: there. One of the ace pilot abilities that you can purchase um, gives you a plus one to hit if you're above your target. Okay, so it'd be really good for bombers. Because um, <laughs> you're ace when bomber that bombs other planes out of the sky wow. would be actually pretty awesome. But and some of the weapons are specifically air to air only or air to ground only. Mm. Like that, you're not dropping bombs on other planes. I was so that. hoping that was the case. It's just like super good timing. Boop. Yes, there there is an ace pilot ability that gives you plus one when you're above your target. Okay. Um, so you could fire at somebody that's two levels below you and still hit on a six. Gotcha. And they cannot fire back at you. So, to once you're done your movement, I'm assuming it's a shooting phase. Yeah. Like every GW game ever. Yeah, and that alternates <laughs> as well. So um, whoever moved first gets to shoot first as well. Yeah, yeah. And then you just take turns. And um, if there's ships left over at the end, they just go consecutively to finish off the turn. Would mean if there's ships left over at the um, end. Um so if like if I have six planes and you have three, yeah, then we alternate one each um, for the first until, oh, and then until the you don't and have, have, have any yeah, planes yeah, yeah. and okay, then I finish. I see I finish what you're saying. My yeah, last it yeah, makes sense. Gotcha. And so everything hits on a Five I was,
0: yeah. I was hearing? With the exception of a few things like grot bombs or whatever else when it's explicitly stated otherwise.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so if you're hitting if everything hits on a five, what's the benefit of having a better, worse like ballistic skill or pilot shooting?
0: So Did it's got nothing to do with the accuracy where it comes into play is actually how easy the guns wound. So for example, uh big shooters, yeah. they have lots of attacks, but they're only wounding on a five plus. Whereas auto cannons and las cannons and such are wounding autos on fours, las on three or two.
1: Las cannons on a two and does bonus damage on a six. Gotcha. So it's one point of damage if you wound kind of thing. Yeah. Very yeah. okay. So it's quite simplified in terms of the shooting phase. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and most ships I like that. Most ships like the um, I always say ships instead of planes. Um Good old X-Wing. They kind of are... Can kind go, of irrelevant. They can it's go... Interchangeable-ish. Exo-atmospheric for a lot of the planes in this game, so that's fine.
0: Orc ones sure can't.
1: <laughs> Thunderbolts technically can. They're just terrible at it. Um, can't orcs go...
0: No, these guys can't even go up to the full altitude.
1: Oh. I thought... what Because orcs have planes that are space fighters. They did I thought in, they just uh, had
2: big rocks that have rockets behind them and they <laughs> fall on planets
1: isn't that how it works yeah that's they're their anti, anti-air they probably did <laughs> have fighters asteroid. they probably did have fighters and bombers in gothic but they would be yeah. different classes of ships like yeah. okay. thunderbolts technically can um, can use their their booster rocket thing in atmosphere but like virtually none of their maneuvering works yeah so they're they're not really space fighters but they can like go from a ship to a planet yeah and not die <laughs> yeah but that's about the extent of it okay Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so the there, there would be totally different classes like thunder. What are they called? F- like fury or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Regardless. Um, what are we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about planes going up, shooting. We were talking about shooting. Yes. And you're asking about like so pilot abilities and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Um, the there are a couple of again ace pilot abilities where you can upgrade one of your pilots in your in your squadron to be an ace. Okay. And you can get some you know some of them give you a reroll. Some of them give you. Bonuses to bombing, or like once per game you can get re-roll a batch of dice. So warlord trait, yeah, more or less, pretty much. Daughter. And they're nice. they're relatively minor and situational, like for the most part. Some of them give you like a bonus to the initiative roll if you are the highest altitude plane on the table. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you're kind of like the strike from I, above guy. I have to admit, what's one of the things I did like about uh, X-wing is the dice system. So I'm kind of a little bit sad that they like I just keep, yeah. Is it the is it hard to not compare this game to X-wing? In my head, it, the comparisons are constant because I played so much X Wing in the sure. last like five years. Sure,
0: but like ultimately for me, um, all of the reasons that I never really got into X Wing mm-hmm. are all the reasons why I love this game. So, okay. for example, okay. you buy the deck of aircraft and aces cards, and you're done until releasing new planes that aren't really in this the scope of this set. But I'd be surprised if we really saw a lot more planes for
1: the Imperials or the Orcs before new factions come out. Yeah. Right. Aside from the Heavy Bomber, which... Is has already included. It has rules out yet, but the model's not out. So it doesn't really count as being oh, under this because the rules are existing.
0: But. Yeah. Um, and so you you just, you build, uh, you, you build as you go and you, you don't have to worry about like, okay, so I want the gear option from the Thunderbolt to go with my Orc, Bomber, any of that kind of shit. Yeah. Um or it's I have st- to
2: buy 600 Thunderbolts to get the two cards I want type thing
1: Yeah Because yeah, with X-Wing you would often end up buying like I have to buy the Millennium Falcon set to get the C-3PO card or whatever like that yeah, type of thing So I can have C-3PO on another ship So that was issue
0: number one Issue number two is X-Wing didn't have scenarios it had scenario And I'm like Blood yeah. Bowl it wasn't a very good one because the blood bowl makes sense, right? You're playing a game of fucking football. Yeah. Whereas the next one is just kill other shit. Yeah. Whereas looking through these ones, you've got your dogfight, which is kill shit. Um, but there is also a lot of things that interact with ground level, where you're, there's one scenario where you're trying to rescue a stranded group of infantry, so you have to land and take them out of there. We don't know where they are. There's ones where you have to blow up oh. facilities. There's there's all kinds of really cool shit like that in this so game. So how do you land? Will you have to land with a fighter jet and pick them up? No, you have to land with something with with uh, troop capacity. Oh, they're, they're, they're actually So, for me, that, that would be the fighter bombers. Really? Interesting. The DACA so jets don't have carrying
1: capacity. So the Marauder bombers, I'm assuming, have... Uh, I can't remember about the regular Marauders, but I know the Marauder destroyers have, like, um, some troop capacity to them. I assume the Marauders do as well. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, there's also different stuff like
0: uh, Night Fight. Yeah. Where in Night Fight, it reduces the efficacy of your, of your guns.
1: Yeah, Night Fight and Bad Weather are a thing. That's cool. Like and you can that. buy upgrades to like let you ignore it, that sort of a thing. Got
0: or it. what's really cool, I think is the cloud rules. So whatever level the clouds are at, that and below has the night fight rule, but above the clouds doesn't. Nice. And the way the way that the the night fight rules work is that you can't shoot anything at long range and you're a half dice at medium range. Nice. And then short range is unaffected. But if Pretty you cool, have, like that
1: but if you have the thermal imaging or whatever it's called for the Imperials um you don't take the penalty at medium range. So you can just roll your because Imperials, the only range band where they're effective is medium. Yeah. So it would completely fuck them over. Gotcha if you didn't have thermals or whatever. Yeah. Them. That makes sense. I like that. I was gonna ask if they had scenarios for this particular game, because a lot of these games don't. So that's that's uh, that's definitely a selling point for sure.
0: Yeah, and that admittedly those come in the Rin's world book. Yeah. But it's kind of one of those things where this is the first time that Games Workshop hasn't fucked this up. Because like we said, the Rin's World book has the rules in it. So the starter set, for its 100 bucks, it comes with like a pamphlet-style rule book. Yeah. Um, and then it's, I think it was about 40 bucks for the Rin's World book, which is something that I can just see everyone buying. Yeah. And even if it's not everyone buying, like let's say Mike and I get into the game, we're not just mm-hmm. buying everything anyways. You like Imperials, I like my Orcs.
1: You we can support? buy the
0: starter set, one of us buys the Rin's World book. And we both have a copy of the rules, yeah. and then one of us has all the scenarios, so we can still play with each other happily and reference stuff when we get home.
1: Yeah, And it doesn't seem to be like Necromunda, where they're going to take five expansions to release the full rule set. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll add additional planes, additional scenarios later on. They might add a different type of, like, wildly different, I don't know, environmental system, or who the hell knows, But but it's not like... The starter set didn't come with a campaign set in a game that's explicitly for campaigns. Yeah, that's and what there's happened a, with Necromunda, where yeah. it took a year for the full rule set to be a thing. And the
0: infrastructure is there for other units in the game. So, like Dan was saying, there's the scout ships, which none of them exist in the game yet, but the rules and shit for them are already in the book. Other fun stuff is uh, like the rules for the grot bomb, which show up in the Rin World book, are also in the core rule book. Like, so there's a lot of like the special weapon stuff that's already the infrastructure is there. In the core rules, where oh, it's not like sense. it's going to be having to update it all the fucking time,
1: and that realistically, because this game is like, it seems to be like eighty or ninety percent uh, cloned of the previous version of Aeronautica, which had rules for like the the full suite of ships that were available from the epic days. So like it had numerous extra orc vehicles and tau vehicles and eldar and stuff like that right from the you know beginning of the previous system, because most of the rules are very similar at least. Um, like you could probably shoehorn in. Some of that old stuff if you want to. And when it comes time for GW to release them, they're not like reinventing the wheel. They can just change up the maneuverability and some of the other stats that have changed slightly and then just update the points costs and away you go. Can we also say that the dice in the starter set are actually nice? They're really quite nice. Those aren't starter set dice.
2: Oh, you have to buy them.
1: Yeah, sorry. Those are like the $20 add-on pack thing. But they're Uh, nice. They are very nice. I like the blue, uh, very sky themed. It's perfect.
0: The orc the, ones are really
1: cool. The orc I, ones are kind of coppery red. Yeah, look like rust.
0: And I have, the first time I've ever seen this, I have a hilarious misprint on a die where rust? it makes it look like a 3 when that's it's a 2.
1: Amazing. They just painted an extra pip on the spot that's not drilled on one of the facings. That's amazing. I wonder how that happens. Right? but That's crazy. But hilariously, almost nothing oh. in this game triggers on a 3+, plus, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and you can tell it apart. Like, it's not that... Distinct. Also, but. it looks like they kind of screwed up just this dice in general. The paints kind of bled out on this one side. Yeah. On um. That. It's just they. I'm guessing they didn't tumble them and or polish yeah. them fully because generally when you're painting these dice, like they hose them down from all the yeah. sides. And when they put them in the tumbler, it like grinds off um, all the surface. But they didn't quite get enough on the on the orc ones. It seems. But you know what? But honestly, if you're if you have a significant other in the house with one of those little like buffer like nail pad things, yeah. you could polish that out in no time. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Or if you want to get aggressive with isopropyl, it'll probably work. Yeah, it might make the plastic a But notice bit. how I said probably and my voice went up at the end? Yeah. And even then, I don't really care
0: because they, they still look cool and orchid shit being a little bit rough is just fine by me.
1: So, uh, Mike, you've not played a game yet. You've no, really no I the rules not a yet.
2: Bit. I've, no, you know, I've hit the first couple and then it's like, oh, I've got to paint more.
1: Okay, <laughs> uh. so I'm excited to see, because you guys are going to play a game after this, it sounds yeah. like. I'm excited to see what that looks like so in terms
0: of value for the stuff the pricing seems pretty on point um it's, it's really cool the ground assets
2: are. 100 need... canadian
1: yeah. 110
2: 110? 110 so, okay. but yeah 100
1: is easy to find yep yeah, sure yeah it makes sense and it's 100 in, in the canadian retail value it's 125 worth of planes in the starter set plus your rules plus your map and your tokens yeah uh, you can buy additional sets of tokens separately if you want you can buy a uh, cardboard map separately if you want um, there are no menu- like measuring implements or anything to worry about. Yeah, it's, at the end of the day, it's a board game. So like this is a full-on board game. So if for some reason you didn't want to split a, sp- a starter set with a buddy, like you could buy the stuff that you need separately to get going. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you are not. You don't have to buy a starter set even if you don't want the two factions. I do like that, the fact that you could just pick up Rin's World and just the Imperial stuff, because I'm not going to pick up the Orcs. Fair. So, for me, yep.
2: it's really easy for you then. Yeah. Box Two boxes in the world, world. In the world's world. Because even,
1: even if I bought the starter set, I'm still probably going to pick up Ren's well, world. So. Uh, you would need tokens, though. No, but you can buy them separate. Yeah. yeah. Which that's, is that's the I mean. first time they've need, done this. But that's what I'm saying. You would need the tokens. Yeah, but they're pretty cheap. Yeah. yeah. They're like 15 bucks on the website or something like that. Yeah, all in all that's not bad. Yeah. And but but it's not like X Wing where you need the damage deck, you need the maneuvering templates, you need the dice. You need a starter set. You need the asteroids. Like even if you're playing Scum and Villainy or whatever, like one of the factions that's not in the yeah. starter. You gotta go pick up two ties in an X Wing. Yeah. So and good luck trading those because everybody already has more than they want. Yeah, totally. But um yeah, so it's it is really flexible. There is good value. Um fifty dollars per expansion pack to get depending on what's in there between like 2 and 5, or 6, I guess, for the fighter yeah. bomb, or sorry, DACA jets, um, you're getting a much lower price per plane than you are with X-Wing, which nowadays is like $20, 25 a ship. Yeah. Cool. Like it's it's a solid value. Yeah. So coming back full circle, Tom, you're, you're at a very positive 5 out of 5. Yeah. Nice. I honestly have no
0: real cr- critiques about this product.
1: Okay. I'm My- going to go
2: four and a half but really close to five because I don't like I, I wish they'd let me put the bases together but it's it's a small thing but it, it really irritates
1: yeah, me. yeah there you can pry them apart for painting um yeah. you just have to be careful not to damage it because they're just like friction fit like not I glued. Said,
2: almost five yep yeah. but that was yeah. yeah Dan,
1: how about you um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the full five for now because I do really like oh. the rules um the Imperial Thunderbolt has been one of my favorite miniatures in 40k like since it initially came out from forge world all those many years ago but because it was always so bloody expensive and i don't play imperial guard
3: yeah it was no kind of like pick it
1: up why would i buy this like 180 or 200 dollar plane that i'll never get to use and these ones are gorgeous they're a fraction the price they are actually more detailed and easier to put together than the forge one mm-hmm. forge world one ever would be for sure like, they're, they're an awesome value, um, the game seems really fun at first glance, and there's talk that, you know, assuming the numbers don't crater on sales, which it doesn't seem like they're going to, I think they said they have the next three factions planned? Interesting. So the game has that support, and, you know, it'll have a couple of years where the release is planned for it, so it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's, so, it's no Dreadfleet. Yeah, no. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, it is interesting. That's, so... I'm not going to rate it because, first of all, I would give it a very poor rating. Because there's no Eldar in it.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. So that's why I'm not going to rate it yet. Uh, the other thing, though, is I feel like... It's, is GW eating their own lunch a little bit here? Like, Titanicus just came out. Warcry just came out. Like, all these games are... They're... <clears throat> they're hammering out the door. For and Blackstone Fortress Escalation... But you know what? Out. That's yeah. going to
2: be bad if you're into all of it. Like, there's... I have friends that so it's touch bad. Titanicus. <laughs> but oh my god, Warcry's the best thing they ever saw and they're into that. Sure. And AOS. And then I have people that are 40k and... Oh, look at... Adeptus Titanicus is best. Oh, I'm getting that too. And so a lot of people are hitting two of these. We're kind of like the the dirty bastards of hit them all.
0: I'm just... <laughs> although, honestly... <laughs> Out of Fair. when you look Fair. at the when you look at the climate of everything Games Workshop is releasing, yeah. this is the one game that I think can sneak under the radar or <clears throat> above, depending on how you want to like really phrase it, that everyone could get because you don't have to do all the. What you're training. saying is it'd be flying quite low? It's low hanging fruit, low under the radar. Get, yeah, come on, because because you don't. You don't have to buy a whole new table. You don't have to spend yeah. hundreds of dollars to play this game. That, that'll that give you, you a big
1: selling feature.
0: It It's so accessible, because, like, for example, Dan and I each bought a starter set. We swapped out the Imperials for the Orcs. I probably could get away with never buying a single other thing for this game and be completely set to play it happily as a side piece for a long time.
2: I don't know. I don't think you'd be happy without
1: that Grot Bomber. Well, you're <laughs> right, but, like... So, so i can that's buy the thing. how do i mean if so they they have to continue printing this stuff how do they keep people interested in it let's say your point is right where there's only, people are only interested in two of these games or whatever yeah. and i'm one of the people that's interested in aeronautica i bought my game i'm done well realistically what i think they're going to do is when they come out with next expansion down the line i see it introducing a third faction and maybe adding a ship to the previous ones as well like yeah. imperials you could do um, like the vultures, the Valkyries, the Vendettas, the lightning. Yeah, I mean the fact the that they Avengers, don't have the Avengers. The fact that they have like a scenario around troop transport type stuff, and they don't have the Valkyrie in the game is kind of like a, a serious miss in my mind.
0: So one thing I didn't mention, um, which is Not probably a worth, miss. That's a wrong. Worth term, noting yeah. in this conversation, the different scenarios have different list builds.
1: Oh, you're allowed to tailor for each scenario. Well, it's there not even
0: it's not even like an allowing to tailoring. Some list builds do not allow you to take ground assets. Some builds do not allow you to take bombers. Some builds do not like so like the, scenario itself the, the scenarios
1: di- dictate
0: what your fleet is. And
1: I hadn't thought of this in advance, but this seems to be the only GW game in recent memory that doesn't have any of that like three ways to play shenanigans built into
2: mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Like there isn't an OP like organized tournament format system for it yet. I assume that. If you were playing in an organized format, you might have to have a list for every possible scenario. So that might increase the the cost to play a little bit. Gotcha. But, like, depending on the event, they would have to organize that in advance. Like, it's not really built, I don't think, with organized play in mind yet. So but I that can, could be an expansion down the line. I can too. see this game also just not getting that treatment. Because people that are playing this game, uh, I think, are probably not necessarily tournament gamers. Honestly. Yeah, and, honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. That's
0: not a knock... And I think for me, I often talk about games in terms of, like, Shadespire can't be a side piece game. Yeah. This is a perfect side piece game. This is probably not going to be anyone's game that's, like, their first and foremost, this is what I play all the time. Yeah. But I have a hard time believing anyone would be, like, not into it as that easy to pick up, fun to play from time to time.
1: Especially once they add two or three more factions. Yep.
0: Yep. Right? Like... And then all of a sudden, too, we talk about it in terms of, all right, so let's say they have, they bring out Necrons and Eldar in the next wave. Yep. We could do an Aeronautica game as part of a campaign.
1: Oh, yeah for no, I mean that's that's one of the things that always has uh appealed to me about games set in the 40k universe whether it's all the way down from necromunda all the way up to epic there's that thing where you play the F, the battlefleet gothic game then you yeah. play an epic game then you play a 40k game that is some of those are some of my favorite uh like campaigns that i've ever ever done or it's where you play a battlefleet gothic game and then you play the boarding action instead of resolving the boarding action you just play a skirmish yeah Like, that's amazing. Like, the idea... Yeah, anyways, I I do like that uh, more narrative aspect of this game. I think it's cool.
0: Yeah. Okay, moving on. So, some some general hobby tips. Uh, We don't want to go too over time, because we do have a long interview. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Fucking contrast paints work great on these.
1: Oh, yeah, I can see that being a thing. What I was going to say, for anything in this scale, not having painted these particular miniatures, but plenty of things in this scale... uh, Make sure you have an idea of your color scheme. Like, like you can't. The biggest thing here is gonna be color choice, for sure. It's not gonna be picking out the details or any sort of like high technical work. It's gonna be making sure the colors work well together. Yeah. And one of the lucky things that you can do is reference. Like, I did a shitload of researching based on World War II yep. aircraft color schemes the last little a while. And if you're gonna be like me and uh, be a little bit cheeky and use German camo, because it's. I've never really heard anybody talk about it, but the Imperial planes are modeled after German planes. Like, the the Lightning yeah. is a one is a BF 109. The Thunderbolt is a Focke 190. Um, the There's multiple different bombers that are very similar um, to the Marauder bombers. There's even Allied ones that are similar. Yeah, they just so have the like, swept wings that are or the uh, reverse rake wings or whatever. But yeah, like the the specific designs and just in terms of like the weapon configurations and all the other stuff. Like to me, the Imperial planes have always had more allied sounding names, but they were German looking you know, armaments and Mm -hmm. designs. Yeah. So I was using, I was looking up a bunch of Luftwaffe color schemes and I just, I happened to have a lot of the RLM colors in my Vallejo collection that I wanted to do these color schemes. Mm -hmm. So like, like I kind of lucked out in that regard that I could find the German color schemes online find out the very specific um, military paints that they used, and you can just buy the Vallejo equivalents. Well, I mean, the other thing to look at is is take a look at the Imperial Guard Codex, because basically any of those tank schemes there, if you like them, they're probably going to work on these planes. Yep. Uh, and same thing for the Orc Codex. Uh, mm-hmm. Any of the Orc vehicles, there's, those schemes will work well on these planes. Yeah. The aesthetic but is similar. I think and I think it's something that we've talked about in on the podcast in the past when we were talking about Dystopian or various other games on the smaller scale i personally think that if you start if you start a little bit lighter than you might normally and instead of emphasizing the highlighting you emphasize more of the shading mm-hmm. you're good to go in this scale because it's a lot easier and more time efficient to do a wash than it is to try and pick out edge highlights and panel lines by hand yeah um so generally if you start a little bit lighter than your normal base coats do minimal highlighting then shade it down do a little tiny bit of subtle weathering, you are golden one of the other things that I find in this scale too is doing airbrush highlights always looks a little funny. I think like airbrush your base colors and then do a wash. I've always I've never liked the the airbrush highlights to a large degree here. Well, for me, I think it's less again less about airbrushing the highlights, and um, if you look at airbrushing um, military planes, it's generally done more as like you do your base coat. So often like an aluminum silver. And then with, uh, with a dark or, or black, if you're going for a little bit stronger effect, um, you airbrush over where the panel lines are, and then you hit it again with your base coat. So you just see that really subtle version of yeah. the underpainting showing through. I think you can do that with this, but again, that's that's emphasizing the shading, not the But That's not a, that's not a 40K uh, style thing. Like Again, you look at it a lot of... It should be. <laughs> Which maybe, that's true, but... Because I'm uh, starting to really like that style of highlighting uh, compared to the old school, like, GW Edge highlight scheme. But that's actually, like, full-on military uh, modeling, uh, like, realistic style painting. Like, yeah, and I think it's that's... Very flat painting uh, in terms of... Because that's how a plane is painted. A yes. plane is not highlighted. It is If the section is gray, it is painted gray with a giant gun. Like that's it it's not there's not any sort of like you know interest in color highlights and that kind of stuff yeah if you're doing you're just basically doing a little bit of subtle, subtle color modulation mostly in the shading spectrum picking out with panel washes panel line washes um, yep. to get the little bit of extra detail in the crevices and then maybe a tiny bit of minimal highlighting and you're good yeah Again, also Mike, a I a
2: lot of like a lot of scoring you can have. All, 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 oh, yeah. You yeah. can do that too fairly easily. The streaking and effects. oils, and stuff. And exhaust yep. staining is also a good thing to look at for that as well. Mike, how would you do your camo? Oh, I used uh, those, uh, the masking I got from Ward a long time ago. Oh, the problem mask? Probably the Anarchy
1: probably the Anarchy, yes, the, H- H- the Anarchy stencils HD, or whatever they were called. The
2: mini ones. Yep. Specifically... <laughs> conveniently i have a giant bag of those too yeah i i have (laughs) lots of those and yeah they worked perfectly as far as i I was gonna say it looks awesome i thought you might have
1: done that with via tape i was gonna say you're a madman well it is kind of tape no but but like laying out tape and like cutting the tape yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. this was basically
2: here's your shapes go play tetris gone done
1: Yeah, yeah yeah so i'm assuming you sprayed the model the initial darker brown yeah and, and then, then
2: uh, did the light tan over top yeah, of that. After the and then shapes then just were on, start putting some shading in a little tiny bit. The highlighting is more of where the scratches and the paint's been
0: dinged up more than anything. Did you
2: use panel liner? Nope. That's just uh, that's just a uh, very precise applied washes. Gotcha. Okay. But panel
0: liner is a fantastic product for this.
1: Yeah, thing. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just, yeah. I don't have well, it. I used washes. Yeah, they effectively do the same thing. But one's just maybe maybe a bit quicker. Yeah, one's just an oil effects and one's an acrylic. Yep, totally. No, I I was gonna say this. I mean, at the end of the day, the wash that you've applied over top of this, like, I can see this being a quick project. Considering again, you're gonna have, I don't know what four of these two bombers, really. Yeah, you're going to have anywhere between... There's, there's, four the more, more, right? there's four in the starter set. much yeah. more. There's four in the starter set. You might... I could see ending up with like 10 total by the time you're done. 10 points. It's not that bad considering that, again, airbrush your colors, do a wash, pick out details, done. Like, that's not a lot.
0: And from the... Hub, I, I keep saying this, but it's a perfect side piece game because it is so low investment hobby-wise. Yeah. You can get great looking effects whether or not you do some airbrushing with stencils or some careful application of contrast paints... And then you use some st- uh, some of the decals, maybe a little bit of weathering stuff, and it actually does not take that long to do these projects.
2: No. Th- I'll be honest, I was originally going to go light gray, but somebody else in the group went light gray, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, well. I, I don't want to look the same on the board. You just to do light
1: gray better. Because the, the, Fantine, the Fantine from Doug- Double Eagle are flat gray, aren't they? they yeah. Isn't that their color scheme? Yeah. yeah. Go- so every freaking Imperial fleet is going to be light gray.
2: So I basically <laughs> went with a color I thought not anybody's gonna not everybody's gonna choose, but it's gonna be unique in its own way. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, I think we've talked about this painting in the scale quite a bit before on various other th- other episodes. Yep. Um, but yeah, don't overthink it, and just have fun with tiny planes. Yeah, totally.
0: I think you're really gonna enjoy it.
1: <laughs> totally. And in terms of sub assemblies and stuff, one of the only things I will suggest is if you're doing a lot of airbrushing and masking. Just glue the tiny missile racks and stuff after they're painted, Yeah, because they're going to make it a lot harder to mask off the underbellies and all the other stuff if they're not flat. Mm-hmm, so just mm-hmm. paint them separately, glue them on the pair of tweezers and super glue when you're done, and job's a good Yeah. Cool. All right, so, so coming up after
0: this... Yeah, we've got our interview with Matt Chafee, uh, which I'm going to be transitioning to right away. So enjoy that, and we'll be talking about some Infinity. Okay, so this is not an episode. It's a segment that we're recording today. Uh, we've got myself... Ward... Steve. And our very special guest, Matt Chafee. Hi. So welcome back to the show. You're, I think, our first
3: repeat guest.
1: Wow. Hey. Oh, we tried to do two with uh, Dave. That failed.
3: Who's well, this Dave guy?
1: Because we lost one episode. <laughs> we did... <laughs> His was an
0: accidental repeat where we lost an episode and Dave Taylor came on a second time, but well, people only ever heard it once, whereas <laughs> yeah, sure. this is our first time of uh... actual
1: two episodes.
3: Yeah. You know what? I was actually I was demoing in a store the other day and I ran into someone who's like, Oh yeah, I heard you from the Hobby Night in Canada podcast. I'm like, What? That was like a year ago. <laughs>
1: That's surprising. No, but people, sorry, yeah, I'll, s- <laughs> yeah.
3: I'll sign your chest, no problem, man. <laughs> just like the nerds are squeezing. <laughs>
1: yeah I don't think that's ever happened to me so if it's happened to you you've had more fame from this podcast than I have so well done <laughs>
3: that's uh, I told the boys I was coming tonight like, so you're gonna hang out with famous people tonight I'm like yes <laughs> that's yes. exactly what, what I'm right. doing uh,
4: famous
1: to our families maybe that's yeah. about it are you fucking kidding me my family's never listened to this shit <laughs> Alex has this, you know, that's, that's about it I think it's because she thought it was hilarious the first episode that we were doing this, and then after that, it's basically been... She's like, I'm dead. Yeah. It's been (laughs) annoying. Yeah, it's terrible. (laughs) Why are you still doing this years later? (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. (laughs) It's
0: like, you know, I think it's going to be five years in April.
4: Really? Ooh. Because we went out at the Blood Bowl tournament. No. We went to the Drop Zone event.
0: Nope. No, Dystopian. It was Dystopian.
4: Oh my goodness.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. but that was still a game. And how long ago was that? I think that that company died like three years ago. (laughs) Speaking of games that aren't Warhammer so we usually talk about, uh, today we're talking about Infinity. All Infinity, all the time. Yeah, apparently this is going to be our podcast from now on because these minis are pretty darn cool. Um, So I guess they released a new starter box. Uh, Do you want to talk about it a little bit?
3: Yeah, so basically what Corvus Belli has been doing... In the last several years, is for Gen Con, they have a new two player box come out. So, in front of us, we're sitting here looking at Wildfire, which is the new two player starter from Corpus Belly. And yep. I got that as part of the Gen Con demo guy package for being staffed there for them for the weekend in August. So, it yeah, dropped August 1st. Profiles hit the store, or sorry, hit the online army builder. Yep. And I don't think retail, this is even in store yet. so...
1: Ooh, so we're special. These um, are extremely special, ooh. famous even. I gotta say that these are, uh, the terrain that they usually do in the starter sets are typically the thin terrain. I think that's what struck all of us right away, is they're now doing thick cardstock, and it's awesome. Like, the terrain is so much better than what they mm. used to do. Um, like, I saw it on uh, Bell Lost Souls, that they were doing, like, a little bit more beefy terrain, but this is actually now, like, durable enough, you could use this as tournament terrain. And you were saying like the price point on it separate is going to be like thirty bucks. Like in my mind, this is like a huge step up for Corvus Belli starter set.
4: Because that's only like double what the uh, just the, like the cardboard buildings were originally.
3: I I think, or maybe even maybe even less than double. Because I remember paying thirty Canadian roughly to get one of those card sets. So the old card sets, um, the material was. Picturing this at home, I guess, is more like yep. playing cards that are just corrugated to fold properly. If
0: totally. you've played Drop Zone and not Infinity, it's the same as the starter set Drop Zone Buildings. Okay, yep. There you go.
3: Totally. Yes. Yeah. So this new stuff is, I've, I guess, like the premium board game cardboard. So it's, yeah, it's significantly better. And that's yep. been the one overwhelming like, yep. feedback thing yep. as I've been cruising around demoing this is that it's, uh, it's the thing that's blowing people's minds going around and demoing it. Is how strong this stuff is and how, how good in addition it was to the starter box set.
0: Yeah, and it, like- I really like it too because it looks like it's very modular, like it's got prints on both sides. So you're able to kind of make it in different settings and have different aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And because it, And it's beautiful prints on it so that it looks actually really good as far as terrain goes, just pop together.
3: Yep, guess it, totally. In terms of geometry, if anyone's familiar with the Bandua, I think Q buildings line. These are, which was a design that one of the Corvus belly people came up with for this sort of tertiary company that uh, provided MDF Turing, This is the similar floor plan to it, where you've got sort of a yeah. staircase inset into the the building's footprint and goes up to a layer, and you can put a smaller building on top to make a two tiered building and.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's not just a square like box. It's actually got some uh, interest to it. So besides the actual terrain, uh, the minis for this, like everything that Corvus Ballet has been doing lately, it, are fucking awesome. Like just they're knocking everything out of the park. Uh, all the Nomad stuff that I've played with or been picking up is awesome. But they they've also added a new faction. It looks like, uh, which is making me think I need to pick that one up too. And <laughs> Ward is just staring at it intently, <laughs> not even looking at the other side just very I'm, very. I'm just very focused right now. That's that's all.
0: It's just another game that Ward can buy and never paint that's, or play. That's true. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm very good at that too. So if so I were to pick up the O12 stuff, uh, what should they be looking for in terms of play, uh, game style and like play style?
3: So one of the interesting <laughs> things about this is uh, the O12 are not a sectorial. So for people who know Infinity, sectorials are sort of the sub-armies that have a unified look and feel when you're playing. And O12 are a vanilla faction, so... If the differences in between Nomads, who are a vanilla faction, and Corregidor, who are a, spe- are a particularly aggressive sub-army, the O-12 are just the vanilla faction for right now. So right now, it seems that, and again, their profiles have only been available since August 1st on the Army Builder. It looks like they're a very technologically advanced, uh, high, high skill level, sort of elite force. It doesn't look like they're going to be building much of a, a spam or high order count. Gotcha. sort of game
4: similar to Pano then in that regard for like technology yeah
3: the, I guess the the truly broken and sad people have been saying this is everything that Pano should have been <laughs> but,
4: uh, <laughs> C- crying themselves just, to yeah, sleep just at just night just, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah oh boy no, no oh boy out. yeah I could go on but uh, yeah so they've got a lot of a uh, lot of interesting abilities the entire theme of the army is that they're an international police force so
1: which is pretty sweet I like yeah. the idea because it's not really an interna- like intergalactic Police inter-
3: cops? Space Cops.
1: Yeah, which is pretty awesome. It's a cool... I, what yet.
3: was the name again? O-12? The 12 yeah. The
1: 12 <laughs> Fuck yeah! That's exactly <laughs> what
3: I was thinking. Yeah, I've been calling them the Police Cops from that Simpsons <laughs> episode where they're watching Police Cops. It's the TV show, but... <laughs> it's not just the cops, it's the Police Cops.
0: <laughs> Their only nemesis is Ice-T. Yeah,
1: totally. Uh, they have some people in some of the sculpts in here. Like, one of the guys it's a wielding uh, I don't even know what he's got, but he has some sick cop glasses. Like he's got that going on. Oh, pretty the, crouched that, yeah, the crouched guy. Is that the gangbuster? Guy.
3: Yeah, that's the gangbuster. Yeah, so the out. name. He's a <laughs> an infiltrating unit, and he'll be up in your kitchen deploying mines or mad traps. One of the neat things is that there's a lot of in the Infinity lore. A lot of the weapons have this little text blur, but it's not really a rule until this last ITS season drop. But maybe we'll talk about that later. Oh, interesting. But okay. uh, weapons banned by the Concilium Convention, which is uh, a document that the O-12 would help enforce across humanity so much like, you know, triangular bayonets or, yeah. you know, 50-caliber weaponry on human beings aren't, I don't think, legal today. Yeah, The Concilium Convention bans certain weapons in the in the game, but yeah. a lot of troops have them. So O-12 has this rule called Peacekeeper, where if they're portrayed as having the weapon, it's because they're carrying a non-lethal version of it. So it's something that doesn't really have a lot of gameplay change, except for one tiny little segment. I like that. But it uh, ties into their lore uh, fairly well. They also carry several they have a lot of actual like non-lethal weapons in the game like the the new one that's come out as a riot stopper and a heavy riot stopper which are instead of flamethrowers they're heavy glue guns so <laughs> you can walk in and completely adhesive someone's <laughs> team of heavy infantry to the ground
1: So I absolutely love that
3: so kind of almost like a splooge you're not the first person to go there, and probably not the last.
1: <laughs> Very sticky.
4: I was yeah, more thinking like the Ghostbusters. Uh, See, that was my first thought, but right? it was less funny than come. Yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters too, right? Yeah yeah. Like, oh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah, hundred
0: percent. Still less funny than come.
1: <laughs> <So laughs> might be, true. might be, but uh, I, I think it would take a lot. That's all I'm saying to take. You know, to glue down some heavy infantry. Like it's a lot of days, a lot of tissues. It's a bit of a problem.
3: Oh, my God. Uh, this is
1: the future, so who knows what they have. But,
3: you know. So before I left, the kids asked if they are going to be able to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. We've not. Uh, just answered that question <laughs> in the first for sure. I'm yeah. going to tell them we had a recording problem.
4: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, there's, it's there's apologies.
3: Uh, You can tell them they can when they turn 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll save this for you, kids. There's adult content. We're talking about taxes and... Uh, yeah. yeah. It's really Motor boring. Arms, very uh, dry. Wealth content. The election. <laughs> like
1: that. <laughs> Garage door openers. Yeah. Estate
3: taxes. <laughs> <laughs> and, dicks.
1: Yeah, uh, and dicks so now that we talked about the new faction, um, which I have to admit are the more appealing for me out of the starter set, what's going on with the uh, combined faction in here?
3: So the Shazvasti have been around in the game forever, they're the alien infiltrator sort of seed race in the combined army yep. and they just got basically a bunch of sick new sculpts to update, for the most part profiles that have already existed for some time okay. there's a few gotcha. new profiles as well gotcha. There's a leadership cast here, uh, called a mentor. Who's got this sort of stately hand on his hip, looking over the fellas.
1: Yep. And One might even say mentoring. Yeah,
3: it's like he's good job, little bug people. You're really killing those O twelve for
1: Like <laughs> <laughs> I, that makes sense. Why I haven't seen any of these? Uh, I assume they were all new. I just didn't realize they're like existing re- uh, miniatures. I
3: guess. Yeah, so I think the rules got tweaked a little bit with the release as well. So there's some new okay. some new tricks. Shizvasti have had a couple really sort of scary options in the last little while come out. If you're familiar with the game at all, you understand there's a concept called a courtesy list. Where So when you print off your list, you can print off a list that doesn't show any of your hidden information. And you hand that to your opponent before the game starts. Shazvasti have this trope list where you hand the guy a blank sheet of paper and it says Shazvasti courtesy list and there's nothing on it because everything in their army is either hidden deployment, not placed on the board, or in a camo state, so your other player's not allowed to know what it is. So it's this that's troll hilarious. thing at a tournament to hand the guy the blank sheet and you're like, yeah, hilarious. But it really means that when you're playing the game, you've got to move up and you don't know what's coming. So you've got blips on your radar, you know there's some movement over there, but you don't know what it is coming at you. So they can play a really interesting, uh, interesting sneak attack game that way. That oh, I do like
1: cool. that? That's very cool. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the meta, does this change much for uh, Infinity? So... Uh, Uh, So I've
3: been playing for a long time. I think the the meta change that you see is that a new army comes out and everyone wants to play it for a while and see where it is. And then the initial response is always, oh my gosh, Unit X is really, really big, or this particular combo is really, really, really powerful. And then we put it on the table for a while and people play the first few tournaments with it. And it falls in line. So more people are playing Shizvastu because there's more models available. And that's sure. probably the the biggest single draw to them. This happened with uh, a couple, not a couple, a year ago. Maybe Tunguska came out, which is a yeah. nomad sectorial, and they had this new troop called a Hollow Man, which on paper seems to have a, a heck of a lot of combat ability. And I so like people,
1: the Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: was able to jump really high and shoot really well. And yeah, so people were railing that it was going to break the game. But then once people started to try and build ITS lists with Tunguska, there's a lot of restrictions yeah. to get that team going. So yeah, it got out really well. I've always said the game's got a very, very tight power curve. There's definitely a bottom to it and a top to it, but yeah. I think both of these factions are kind of right in the middle.
1: Nice. That's solid. But That's what you want. Yeah.
3: Different play styles, which is the neat thing.
4: Especially, too, in starter sets. Like, you want something yeah. that is somewhat balanced, and then people can determine what kind of flavor that they like to play, whether... More combat, more shooting.
0: Yeah, like I think everyone learned the lesson from ten space marines and a, a land speeder
3: versus twenty dark Eldar.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. We
3: back oh, third. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Possibly <laughs> was, the worst starter set. Wow, ever. <laughs> these space marines are real good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shockingly enough,
4: and that's why everybody has
1: <laughs> Yeah. No, but but I mean the other thing that's kind of interesting too is I think Infinity keeps uh, like the the idea of like a constant new starter set like every year kind of cycle through. Yeah, uh, it just has different stuff, new things in the game. Um, they're the ones that started doing it, I think, first and well. Now, like other companies like GW are starting to do that, where they have the starter set that cycles through more frequently with different factions. Um, it's, but it's not
4: necessarily rules change. It's more of like, hey,
1: here's yeah. two new forces.
4: Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, with within the current edition still, right? Add so. a couple
1: units here and there in those new starter sets to rebalance the game or whatever, um, or add a bit of balance to those factions. Um, I, I have to admit, I like what they're doing, and I, I think the fact that they're doing the terrain like this shows that they're just still trying to improve that like, introductory player experience, mm. which, is, which is super cool in my mind. It's one of the things that I like about Corpus Die.
0: Especially because, like, as someone that plays a lot of Malifaux, it was always a knock against Malifaux that you had to buy $100 of the models and a couple hundred dollars of the terrain, mm. and Infinity kind of took that up to 11 yeah, oh, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> here's a quick and cheap game to get started, and you only need 10 miniatures, give or take, right? And then you're like, oh, but I want the micro-terrain art terrain buildings. Yeah. So that's $1,000. <laughs> because
0: Malifaux is played in the 3x3, whereas Infinity's got the 4x4. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot of extra surface area to be covering in really
3: high-density terrain. Yeah. And that's, I think, the biggest single... Hurdle for people, new players to clear is they. Most people come into the game from from forty k. So they've got a forty k setup similar to what you came with here. Totally, and they pick up this infinity stuff. I'm like, okay, let's play on this. And There's, yeah, no way, man. Right. <laughs> There's it doesn't work. Like the weapon ranges are so long, the shooting is so dangerous that. You just start cleaning models off, and your game's over in fifteen or twenty minutes because yeah. you don't have enough terrain to actually move up and interact with. And, and
0: that guy with the pistol and the sword—it's like he sucks.
3: Yeah, he's no good. Like, well, yeah, he doesn't have anywhere where he can run around and you know get up at guys. Get <laughs> yeah, up in the totally.
1: So, that was cool. Um, so you're saying this is looking like it's going to be about one hundred thirty bucks U.S.
3: I yeah, I believe that's what they were retailing for at Gen Con. But you know what? That might be the price of the the whole bundle they were selling at Gen Con. Come to think of it, so. Typically, the starter boxes are—I want to say about 110 bucks Canadian.
1: That ain't bad so. at all. And these are still pewter miniatures too, right? Like yes. the other thing that uh, you can't really forget—that they're actually like good castings, if you're used to GW fine crap.
0: Yeah, and honestly, one of the things that I didn't like about Infinity before was that a lot of the miniatures seemed kind of um, tiny and fiddly and. Just, like, a lot of tiny little details to work on. Yeah, that's true. But it's reached a point with so many other game companies where everything's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. And it seems like this is one of the few games where they haven't actually done that. Yeah. Where they're keeping stuff relatively consistent to scale. They're not going from 28 mil to heroic 28 mil to 30 mil to 32 mil to, like, whatever the fuck Primaris are now. Yeah. Like...
1: Well, I mean, some of the Primaris Marines are getting close to Inquisitor scale, like straight up. <laughs> right. It's crazy, but um, no, I, uh, and also the the progression of the sculpts, uh, like you look at some of the stuff when Infinity first came out and it was almost comical, like a little bit cartoony, and now they've gone into a really hard sci-fi aesthetic that I really like. Like I think no, the Nomads were one of the first factions to sort of push it more in that direction in my mind.
3: Yeah, so what happened in uh, 2013 and 14... The game went to CAD sculpting, yeah. so they fully st- they started digital sculpting most of their stuff. A few of their sculpts before had been, so the Oyori, the Japanese TAG, so Gigantic Armored yeah. Walker, was one of their first ever 3D sculpts. And the all of their sculpts went that way, starting in with the M3 upgrade. Mm. That was sort of the new math moving forward. Gotcha. So a lot of the older stuff uh, looks smaller in scale, you have inconsisten- inconsistencies in weapon sizes, and that's almost completely been remedied with the new stuff. And uh, from a modeling perspective, it is night and day easier to build. Yeah, totally. like, I, I put that. all of these models together, I want to say an hour in a piece, and I used to have to to spend like probably half an hour a model to do this, to pin them, or yep. they had these awful... like sockets where you have like just the round part and then yep. the cup on the other end of the arm and they'd have to go together and you'd have a three-point contact to hold a weapon and it was you'd just be in your basement swearing and drinking <laughs> and swearing and drinking and having more and more to drink and, and you, then your fingers are glued and together and you your, can't hold your beer anymore yeah and kids can't come downstairs while dad's building people models are like what's going on down there and like i'm trying to glue an oniwaban together and i'm hating my life <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. So,
1: I, I can, I can, I have a few of the old miniatures that are like that. I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, the yeah. new stuff is just totally amazing. And I mean, this continues the trend. Like, it's fucking awesome. And I mean, the paint job's also. I think I'm assuming uh, Angel Aldus is still doing this.
3: Yeah, he's got a, a bit of a team that works for him now. Oh, like really? He's doing a lot of the sort of the premier sculpts. So I, I want, I don't, can't, I can't say for sure if he did all the ones on this one. Gotcha. But, Either way, the for paint sure jobs a in the box,
1: or and really it's his studio. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. aren't hurt. I mean,
4: the nice thing is, like Cor- Corvus Belly had had said to him that he could like branch out and do like contract work for other companies, but I do think that he's still doing the bulk of uh, the Corvus Belly minis as well. So,
3: yeah, some of the guys that are a little, little more on the nose with picking out who's done what well. can really pick out when he hasn't been the primary miniature painter, which is gotcha. impressive to me that you can see that see level of workmanship. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, putting some paint on some of these. These are, like, fantastic sculpts. Um, it's past your birthday. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Christmas is coming. Yeah, well, it's not out yet, so I have some a little bit of breathing room. <laughs> I have a little bit of breathing room before i got to figure out what I'm doing. Got but some time nice to
0: finish Tiny Planes.
1: Yeah, true. Uh, I was going to say though, like the Slenderman, though, I mean, are, are very much, to me, have a similar aesthetic to some of these things. Slo- uh, Slenderman or Holloman? Holloman. Slenderman's a, bit a little different. Very different. Uh, <laughs> a little different. But, uh, yeah, anyways, pretty cool stuff.
3: One of the things they announced at Gen Con was that the new edition of the game will be coming out in 2020. Oh, interesting. So
1: N4. Yeah. Interesting. Do they do anything else with uh, that announcement to sort of tease what they're doing with it?
3: No, uh, nothing, even, even us Warcors mm-hmm. were given a very small uh, glimpse into what's going on. I think the general consensus is that you're going to see a lot of tidying up of some of the weird corner case interactions, sure. and not a, not a global rules overhaul.
1: Because that's one of the other things that I was always interested in, uh, if they were ever going to make the game simpler. Like the initial mechanics of this game are very simple and quick to grasp. Yeah. But it, it has in a lot of my uh, in a lot of ways in my mind like what 6th Ed Forty K had where it was just so many special rules that you needed to know. Um, and that's one of the things that they've done a little bit better is try and um, streamline some of those things. Yeah. Be interested to see if they do something like that. And I think
3: that's when they went into N three they really worked on that sort of the underlying logic of here's how face to face role works and here's sure. how an order is spent. Yeah. Those. Core fundamentals are the same across ninety percent of the other additional rules. So if you understand the logic behind the core sort of sequence of the game, then those other rules just tack something minor onto it that you do know, sure. that you can reference in the middle of a game, and you don't need to remember that well at all. But there's been a f- you know after several years of new rules coming up, there's a few areas where there's a a logical inconsistency that they need to clear up. So it, yeah, it was time for some housekeeping, I think. Interesting. And I don't I don't think I would expect any simplification of it. Um, other than cleaning up some of the things.
1: Well, you were saying earlier that a lot of this stuff comes from their role-playing system.
3: Yeah, like so the the art and design and background and all that is...
1: So I can see if you're coming from a role-playing system, uh, simplicity is not your sort of first thing that you, you're going to go with. You want
3: to be more immersed into yeah. the,
1: the
4: system and, yeah, it totally. and such, right? So, so with the tidying up, maybe just more like clarification, more examples, so that way... People have like a, a better just understanding. It's like, oh, the, well, this is the example, and this is like very similar to what's going on here. Yeah. Let's just follow suit. Yeah, like down. one of
3: the co- one of the really f- the first weird things people run into is that when a model has smoke grenades, if someone shoots at it, you can throw smoke in front of you. Yeah. And it's your order declaration is a ballistic skill attack with a smoke grenade, which confers sort of a smoke special dodge.
2: Yeah.
3: If it works in the face-to-face which is which is fine it's a very easy rule the problem is that just with the way it's worded people call it a smoke dodge and when you call it a smoke dodge it's really easy to get that in your turned around in your head to start thinking about other situations where you'd be using a dodge and it causes this sort of logical inconsistency across other games just by the way it's been written and Mm. so there's a lot of those little things just like the the way it is the way the rules are explained that needs to get cleaned up and that's a lot of it I think is, is rooted in the fact that this game is written in Spanish and translated to English.
1: Yeah, oh, interesting. Never and so about they, that, they run
3: into some some of the legal uh, back and forth, ping ponging, can be a little messy. So usually when we get new rules released, they kick it out to a, a group that spots a lot of the a lot of the issues and a lot of the problems with word usage, but not everything's the same. So
1: how big is the studio that actually does the uh, rules writing? Is it a pretty tight gr- uh, tight knit group?
3: Yeah, there's not a lot of them. There's I want to say a. F- a handful of rules writers and then they have a, a handful of people that are on their testing and sort of play testing as well. And a couple, uh, some of the prominent community people are contract writers and translators for them as well. So Gotcha. Maybe Interesting. So yeah, we always lose stuff. There was a, a problem with one of the missions in the 2019 ITS, Infinite Tournament System season that lasted like nine months into the season and no one from headquarters caught. it. It was a scoring issue that made this one mission decapitation extremely broken it was very hard uh if you were going second and i think it was sometime in june or or may which is almost the end of the season one of their their spanish tournament guy was like oh no that's not how that's supposed to work like a little late carlos (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he was playing
1: in in an english tournament is that the issue yeah i
3: think yeah i think someone had uh someone had finally dropped the scoring thing it was just a translation issue that went into one edition packet. So yeah, things like that, that you wouldn't really think about.
1: Yeah, totally. You just gotta learn Spanish, and then you're good. Yeah. Well, I wonder how much that happens with other games. Like, it's just something I've never considered because most of these games are primarily written in English. So, yeah, very interesting.
3: And even like Malifaux French, isn't it? No, no, they're from the states. Okay, never mind then. It
1: just sounds Frenchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Malifaux. Although they,
3: they
0: they do the hilarious thing where they pronounce like. Lacroix, which is one of the names of one of the gremlin gangs. Lacroix? As like Lacroix or something. Ugh. Interesting. Right?
1: It's,
4: it's Cajun French. Ugh, yeah, which is <laughs>
0: like almost as bad as Acadian French.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, that does kind of make sense. Like, Lucroy is the name that came from Lacroix, right? This now very common American last name. Yeah. So I guess I kind of get that.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's why it's definitely an American company and not yeah. a French, like... Uh, actual French-speaking uh, company so before we move on I just let's give this one some pucks who wants to start oh oh if you're not familiar it's uh, out, of, out of five pucks is how we rate this ah oh.
1: so for myself um, I think I'm gonna have to go with a five I mean I'm pretty positive about infinity stuff just in general and even though it doesn't have my nomads in it, I love the terrain, so it's going to get a 5. Because I'll still pick it up.
4: Sci-fi just speaks to him. so. Which is why
1: I'm looking for War Machine 5000. Space yeah. Machine.
4: Space 5K. Machine 5K.
1: Ward, <laughs> yeah. what's your thought?
3: Uh,
4: I'm going to go... Also with a 5 on this one. Um, I also Ooh. really like the, the touch on the bases where they've also okay. started
3: marking. Oh, that's a good point to bring up. Uh, I forgot about
1: that. That might bring mine down to a 4.8. You five. don't like that? Just a tiny bit down. Oh. I like the idea of what they're going for, but I don't like this design.
3: So for all you folks at home, what they've done is the new Corvus Belly bases have their line of fire marks uh, etched in, or embossed out, I guess is probably the more technical way to describe it. So you just really need to paint a raised piece on the base to have your line of fire marked.
1: Yeah, but they've done, so instead of just like straight little lines, like what um, uh, Privateer Press does, I think Privateer Press does that, right?
0: On the huge bases, they have the lines. Just
1: the little thin lines. Yeah. Uh, These guys have a little bit different, they've got like an arrow. Uh, like two triangular markings and then a, a, I'm assuming front facing is what they're going for here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like the triangles. That's that's the extent of it. So that's that's my biggest complaint is I'm not a huge fan of their bases, which is a pretty easy thing to remedy. So <laughs> I'll bring mine down to a, a 4.85, the most exact, the most exact rating we've had yet.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to go a little bit lower than you. Okay. And this is for a, a bit of a pet peeve of mine that they have okay. fucked up. So, on, dice? on one hand, this is one of the few starter sets I've seen that has customized dice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the logo's on the one. Oh! oh. So they're getting a 4.75 for me, because, like,
1: <laughs> come on!
0: You'd rather it on the 20? You always want it on the best result. You want, you want your logo. In Infinity, oh, wait!
3: In Infinity, is not the best result, always. Yeah. is the best result if you're rolling armor, but in a face-to-face... A Oftentimes, of a one, a one is a guaranteed success. So one is what you want to see. Well, especially if you have there's an ability called Fatality Level Two, where one always crits. So one can be a really thing to roll. Okay,
0: so one right. is, but one is what you want to roll. Yeah, you want to well,
3: roll you, you as close to your target score without going over. So one is always going to be underneath your target score. Fuck crit- it. Look at a five.
1: You credit you on your, t- <laughs> so, you're your target value, right? It looks cool. Yeah.
0: The only thing for me is that I'm curious to see what the final retail prices for this is actually going to be. Because for like 100 to 150 bucks Canadian, I can see this being actually really great value. If it starts encroaching on that 180 to 200 range, mm-hmm. then I see a lot <laughs> less value in the box. I'd be in agreement there. So I- I that just- for me is where like... It really would go from that four point five to five range. I'd be shocked, depending on the the final pricing. But I looked at the, the quality, quality looks. While high. we had
3: some, while while you guys were talking there, and it looks like it's retailing. Most starter boxes are retailing for the one thirty. So Canadian yeah. or U.S. Canadian.
0: Yeah, fuck it, five. Sure, why not? Yeah.
3: <laughs> so I'm gonna I'll be the the mole here. I'm gonna give them a little bit lower than a five because the 012 symbol on these dice. If you guys are looking at them right now, I can't think of anything other than Channel Twelve. Channel Twelve News. <laughs> Yocho. Yeah, <the> <laughs> yeah. It looks like it looks.
1: It looks like a. Meeting. Shouldn't that make it a five? Yeah.
3: You know what? Fair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it looks like we have like a chopper in the sky logo. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the Chopper in the Sky reporting <laughs> on traffic in the Fair Usea system. it could be cons- cons- construed as like, oh no,
4: I
1: rolled a twelve. That's a 12. Oh, twelve. 12 Oh yeah, but twelve is like a lot of uh, stats. We sit around a twelve. That might 12's be terrible. usually a nat a nat crit for most of these yeah. old twelve goofballs, too. So, so maybe,
4: ooh, that's so, dirty pool. So technically, yeah. they have two chances to crit that. <laughs> <all. laughs> that
1: is a little bit dirty. Oh. I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. wow. I will give no, you. Actually, you can kind of see it as a twelve. I mean, like you'd have yeah. to be a bit of a. You'd have to be a bit of a dingbat to try and pull that one, you know, but hey, good whatever. Luck arguing
3: that to anybody, yeah. but no, yeah. There's been a lot of excitement about it. I've been, like I was saying earlier before we started, I went to Gen Con and did demos for you know the weekend, showing people the product and letting them play through it and handle the material. And I've been doing that in the Edmonton area a lot of our shops since I got back. Yep. and people are generally pretty excited about the sculpts and about the terrain. And yeah, it's a good good product.
0: Also, I think I might have found a use for my old discman. I could hold these templates in them because it looks like they're almost exactly the same size as CDs.
1: Oh, I'm sure they are. <laughs> I
0: think they are almost exactly. The same. some people use CDs to smoke templates. Yeah. But like even the in like the middle bit. For sure. So,
1: well, it's bigger. Guaranteed it's bigger. But
0: like not a lot bigger.
1: No.
4: Because like a regular CD is maybe be,
0: like a one and a half knuckler, it would But this is a full dis-mans. two knuckler.
4: I'd be
1: losing your discman. Yeah. For I don't.
4: Sure. Um, yeah. I don't feel like your uh, finger could go through the hole of
3: it. That'd be legit. Sweet. You could be like smoke dodge, hooting the blowfish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty solid.
3: I'm into it. Cool.
0: Uh, so let's move on from this product and talk about the other reason why you're here, which is, uh,
3: I think I am here to talk about our <laughs> upcoming satellite tournament.
1: <laughs> you think you're yeah, about to? I think, it? yeah.
3: Okay. I think. I think. Therefore, I'm I am here win, to talk you about. You Yeah. Colder than carbonite, which is our. If you guys remember from last year, which yeah. Probably one of you does. We were talking about.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. Ward. Colder than carbonite is our satellite event, and it's uh, also satellite event is just a Corvus Belly sanctioned tournament that we're running uh, February fourteenth through sixteenth, two thousand
1: and twenty. Now it's it's getting to be a decent size now, isn't it? Like how many did you have last year? I would say more than decent. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Last year we had I want to say fifty two registered. Yeah. And so whenever you, you guys yeah. know, whenever you get that many, there's a few people who just don't get out of bed on the morning of, yeah. which blows my mind. Was
0: it locals that bailed? Always locals. Yeah. Okay. First off, <laughs> if you are a local that is bailed on a tournament, <laughs> horrible person. Because Wait. you slept in. Come on, miss the first round and show up for the second one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's doable.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's not great, but hey, do
1: it. Or at least Fine. let the
4: TO know and.
1: Yeah. Make Ideally, make more than 24 hours in advance. But hey, it yeah. <laughs> doesn't always happen. Yeah, but either so, way still that's a huge event, especially for a game that uh is still kinda getting going in my mind. Like Yeah. Yeah.
3: So yeah, last year we rolled I think we had forty eight rolling dice on on the day of over two days. That's we crazy. Had two players from Colorado, one from Virginia, a bunch from Vancouver. Uh, Calgary is a huge representative for our scene. They they come up a ton. They and I, I worked with the, the war corps from Calgary yeah. and we yeah, kinda co TO'd it and nice. pretty good time.
1: That's awesome. So, do you get anything special at that size? Or, does, or is anything changing this year? Because I'm assuming it will probably, if it went well last year, it's going to be bigger.
3: Well, we cranked it up to 60 for nice. our admission this year. Uh, just because that's sort of the space we have at the hall we're using. And sure. I think if we if we fill 60 this year, we're going to be pushed into a different location next year, which will be a, an interesting challenge for us. But totally. 60s are ceiling for now. Uh, when you're a satellite tournament, one of the things Corvus Belly does is they give you free admission to the interplanetary tournament in Spain. Yeah and so one of our guys from Vancouver won last year and I think he went to the Interplanetary last month and finished, I want to say third or fourth overall Whoa! out of 100 and some Jesus, that's pretty solid
4: I think it was second
3: You could be right, I was was trying to remember because there's two lists going for a while and they kept updating the lists every round. Oh, okay. And this guy Adam, Adam Van Steenberg from from Vancouver, he came up to Carbonite and last year he played a perfect tournament. He, five major wins, uh, ten objective points every round, which I've never heard of before. So he's just extremely good at this game
0: <laughs> it turns out when there's the thing, I find that Canadians can be pretty good war gamers because when the winter hits like what the fuck else we're we gonna do yeah, yeah
1: totally you legit. get a of practice time
4: when I worked for yeah. GW they were like surprised like how many like people just like gamed because of like it's like what do you do when it's like minus 30 it's like oh I stay inside and I paint or
1: yeah, or play games yeah yeah, yeah, you can't even really well, be outside skiing at minus thirty, so you might as well <laughs> do something
3: Well last year at the tournament, uh, colder than carbonate, but the weather really lived up to it because we had Yeah. It I'm was right. the week before, it was like that forty six below and there was all those pictures of the yeah. river valley with a complete inversion where it looked like hoth and was horrible. Yeah. And then when all the like when the Americans flew in it had warmed up to 30 below that week and so we were all like oh it's so nice though you guys have no idea like what the hell's wrong with canada you guys are horrible
1: that's amazing that's actually perfect i quite like that yeah so i know this year last year it was like the weekend after vegas and i had a bit of a tough time swinging it but this year i have enough warning so i will make a, a complete promise at this point in time that I will be playing. Awesome, that's you exciting. Better, you better sign up quick because how are tickets going?
3: I think we're... I got one more today. I think we're over a third. So right now okay. um, we're in pre-reg period. So pre-registration where you're getting a deal on the ticket price. It's 40 bucks Canadian.
1: Well that's after, not bad
3: at all. No. it's We get the haul for for very yep. inexpensive cost. So it's $40 and after November 1st the price goes up to 50 and if you register in the first, in the pre-registration period, you're also going to be in for a draw for a special prize on top of that. Nice. And that's not all. If you go to the website, oh. And but wait, there's more. But excited. wait, there's, but more. Wait, there's <laughs> more. If you go to colderthancarbonite.ca, which is our website where you can register and find all your payment information, yep. there's also a hacking code hidden on there. And if you Ooh. can solve the code, you can earn yourself free registration
4: Interesting. And and I can say no more. That that is Steve's jam
1: right there.
3: (laughs) And it is uh, it is still open. I've had people tell me that they're on, messaging me saying that they're on X level of the code, but no one has finished it off yet. So
1: interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We need to take a look at this. This sounds fun. (laughs) I'm just like, would it be a problem
0: if I pull it up on my computer while we're recording?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: No. Yeah. The code will absolutely destroy any computer you open it on. That's the other part. (laughs) That
1: would be amazing. That would (laughs) actually be great. Get yourself free registration. Free registration. <laughs> awesome. And
3: we nuked your hard drive also. Sweet. You're welcome. welcome. Come Bye to Canada. Come to Canada. <laughs> Yeah, that's
1: good. Um,
4: yeah, so Ward, are you going to go? Play? You gonna play? Do you have any tips for negotiating with uh, spouses <laughs> <laughs> in order... Because the Friday... So correct me if I'm wrong. The Friday night, the 14th, is just an open play night.
3: Correct. We'll probably do some kind of a fun game. There's some... In fun infinity games that have come out uh, like there's a hunger games that we've played before at tournaments where everyone starts with a bounty hunter and makes a run for loot in the middle and rolls on a random loot crate when they get there and last man standing wins so that's a fun game to play with 15 or 20 people I like there's, that. A, there's one that uh, i seen in other places called a tag deathmatch where everyone just takes a tag and goes at it with a limited order pool and you know blow each other up like you're playing battletech
1: night but we'll probably do yeah. something yeah
3: we'll probably do something like that mm-hmm. on the friday night if people aren't just doing open gaming but the actual games will run on uh, Friday sorry Saturday and Sunday okay. we're probably going to a little bit of a later start on Sunday not the the schedule has not been finalized at this point just because people liked we discovered some people were up extremely late on the Saturday night <laughs> and also yeah, we that, discovered that We discovered that that hall is also used by a community group that makes sandwiches for homeless people on Sunday mornings. So we came in to run our tournament on the Sunday morning last year, and there's all these people making sandwiches in the kitchen. We're like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And then the guy that had hooked us up with the hall was like, "Oh yeah, no, they're in here every Sunday." Like that would have been great information <laughs> yeah. for when we booked this. So we're gonna try and make sure that we don't overlap them this year. So it might be an earlier start, yeah, or a later start, I should say.
1: Did you get any sandwiches?
3: No, no sandwiches. Oh
1: man! But apparently, you guys weren't out drinking long enough, so you didn't look I'm homeless. Yeah, homeless. exactly. <laughs> <It's> a couple <laughs> of the
3: guys, a couple of the guys gave it a pretty good shot. Where's <laughs> no. the hall? It's the Wellington Park Community Hall, so that's I want to say 134th Ave and 127th Street ish. Oh, okay. So if you guys know where Gamers Den is, yeah, yeah. So a little bit north of Gamers Den. Yep. So Tom, more ats.
0: No, I actually have some. Uh, I decided the more I, as much as I want to play Space Monkeys, I hate the models. Okay. So Hackerslam.
1: Really? Ooh, yep. Interesting.
0: And I made a trade for some. I traded some cock for some Hackerslam. Really? Yeah.
1: Hmm. Interesting. What, you had Convergence? Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, interesting. He has everything.
0: (laughs) You guys don't even know how much (laughs) shit I have crammed into that two bedroom apartment and also stashed elsewhere.
1: Yeah.
3: I have like little treasure troves like a squirrel of Morgan like all city over <laughs> buried
1: under a
3: tree it's
4: like
1: a
3: spy. G- you G- got cash
4: like, your own like
3: <laughs> You got a bunch of passports and like a Primaris Space Marine starter force so you need to cut out a tail. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would be no. amazing.
0: That involves me having to buy a space marine model in the last decade, which I have not done.
4: <laughs> but that's if you, ch- made, if you gotta change your like name and like your <laughs> your your go you, bag has yeah. to have a few minis in it. Yeah. Oh my bug out bag? Bugo-
0: <laughs> my bug out bag probably has like Age of Sigmar. It's like I can finally make the transition. <laughs>
3: Just, Yeah, I've got, reason, I've got a reason. I've got a reason. They're going house to house, smashing stuff. <laughs> that pretty good. It's, crypt- to- it's crystal knock, but for nerds, it's when yeah. I get to paint the gloom spire. or, or gloom spites. So yeah, oh, fair enough. Um, also
4: with um, Cold and the Carbonite, mm-hmm. five games. Yes. So three Saturday, two Sunday. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, skill level. So
3: the. I was about to ask yeah. the same question. <laughs> so well, we, we just talked about a guy who basically tabled everyone all the way to the top. So the with that many players and that many rounds, usually what happens after the first couple of rounds is it stratifies out pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you have a game where you play your first round and you're like, what just happened to me?
1: Yep.
3: I feel so sore <laughs> after this, like it was just, I was totally out of my league. You usually pair off really readily against people that are, are more sort of in your in your ELO rating and the game uses an ELO rating system online. Which is nice. Yeah, yeah like so I think uh, you've got you can have some very tight games that are, are fun going at all levels. Uh, we we always have players that are in their first couple games, and I always tell people like if if you're new to the game, like well, it's just a gaming event. You're gonna go and get to play five games. Yep. You'll probably get a couple of those games against dudes that are really good, and I I want to say to the ninetieth percentile easily the guys that are decent are going to pick up really readily that they're playing against someone who's very new and take it as a bit of a teaching moment and help them, you know, pick up on some things as they go to.
0: Well, because in all honesty, like, having been that person in those games, like, you know very quickly that if you really want those win points, you're probably going to get them one way or the other. Exactly. So you don't have to be a dick about it.
3: Yeah, Yeah. the the big preamble that I've always thrown out basically every tournament since the first one is that your goal here is not to... To, to walk away with whatever trophy we've had someone in Calgary make for us. And a box that your goal is to walk away from this thing uh, with a list of contacts of people that you want to invite over to your living room to play hmm. games on Friday night with. And yeah. that's really what you're looking for. And I think most people take that to heart. We've had a pretty yeah. easy time. Like as, as TOs, we run around answering much of errata for people, like, how does this work? And yeah. very little in the way of the like, bah
1: no, I I really can echo that too. I think so. that's just for most gaming events. That's generally how it works. Like you're not going to have a bad experience, even if you're new. And if you if you do end up getting you know clubbed every single round, that's that's fine. That's just a learning experience. You'll get yeah. better. Just take it on the chin. Yeah, yeah. that was Any- that.
4: I mean, that was my experience at uh, Carbonite uh, a few years ago. I was going to say this game does have a bit of a learning
1: curve. So my question was, is there a painting trophy? <laughs> <Yeah>. There is.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great question. So you touched on two points. I have
1: a chance. You're saying there's a chance.
3: Yeah, there's uh, there's we will have a a prize for best painted, Uh, and painting is not a requirement to play. So we kind of want people to be able to showcase their models, but also we don't want to keep anyone out who's just getting into the game or is is not as much of a painter. So it's it's aimed to be fairly inclusive that way. And uh, I don't, you guys know Doug Lamb, I think.
1: Yes, I do. Mm, I do not. But yeah, Yeah, he's a.
3: He plays a a lot of games in the region, but he was our our best painter last year, and actually finished second overall too, so he's...
4: With his non-metallic gold Yeah, he's got this
3: non-metallic metal gold nomad uh, army that looks amazing on the table, so... Cool. Yeah, definitely painting props going out,
4: and... And your event was also uh, one of the first, I would say, in the area to do uh, the little mini prizes. Uh, So like longest sniper kill and uh, so on and so forth, are you continuing that tradition as well? Yes, so
3: we have a few in-game achievements which are kind of just fun things that you can do and we we usually bake them up, but like a, a perennial has been the longest sniper shot which I think Ward won a couple years ago.
1: I did. (laughs) <laughs>
3: and you that, fig- that's my only saving grace so at the you, event. you figure like a sniper rifle <laughs> infinity has a range of something like 96 inches or 120 inches. Do it's I have something it?
0: stupid. It, it's, it's so you're always 20. in range
3: if you have line of sight. You're always in range. So trying to get that to its 96 it's inches. So to try and get that from over 48 inches is quite impressive. So I think we're sitting at sort of a 60-ish inch. For yep. that, which diagonal, is diagonal,
1: diagonal, getting pretty close to diagonal, diagonal. Yeah, there was a, a. How would you even do that with the terrain? Somebody must have must have set that up. Ward told out. somebody like, "Jump up on that rooftop, please. <laughs> yeah, give so me, give me this. Don't get in well, cover. Let's see what I can <laughs> roll." <draw. laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're gonna win this game, but could you throw me a fucking bone? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Someone picked Collusion. up. We had a rule. I want to say two years ago, one of the achievements was that the most CC kills with a single model. So one model. So in the bo- and this is a murder. shooting game, very much. Yeah. And someone, in coup de grace, like stepping on someone's neck who was already on the ground bleeding, didn't count. And someone managed to get six kills with Joan of Arc. So she went wow. like right through someone's army and hand to handed. Everything she could reach in
1: one game. In one game. Oh, not like, I heard it. I like oh, in a game, <laughs> man. That's like one or two a game. That's not that crazy. That makes sense. No, no, it, in, in a one game. game. I think the guy was like
3: Joan of Arcs in my deployment zone. Like I'm gonna jump on her. Uh, ah, <laughs> the <it's a> superhero <laughs> thing, and everyone goes flying. And so I we announced what the previous record was last year, but that was just the overall record you could yeah. still score. And I think a bunch of people just gave up because they're like, ah. There's no way I can kill six people in one game. That's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I take it that's the new record.
3: That's that's the number to beat if you want to be immortalized on the Carbonite slideshow forever. But,
1: <laughs> ooh, slideshow. <laughs> pretty
3: heavy stakes, but uh, on, it, would, it would be the best score for the the tournament that usually gets these achievements, whatever they are. So there's a lot of fun things yeah. in there.
1: That's pretty cool.
4: Yeah. Nice. That's a little something for everybody, right? So, that was, that was so you something. thinking you're going to play? Come on. Let me podcast. let me check it's, my work schedule. Hey, check right your work now. schedule when it's not
3: podcast. Three weeks or three weeks after LVO or two weeks. It is
1: longer after It would podcast. be
3: two weeks.
1: Three if weeks? If it's two weeks, that's makes it that's fine.
3: Because we had a it's at least two weeks. We had a dude hit three? LVO and then come up to us yeah. the next weekend. And yeah, so that's a tough one. That, that went, is bold. He went to LVO and then came to Carbonites and was like, He's running a pretty high test bloodstream right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And it's pretty tired, but...
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, maybe this will be the year I paint infinity.
4: Ooh.
0: Maybe. Love to
3: have you. So if you're looking for information, the www.coldandcarbonite.ca is a good place to start. And if you're on the Facebooks, there's a Matt McCarbonite who has information. His name used to be Carbonite Man, but Facebook's...
1: Yeah,
0: their new policies made that no-go.
3: Yeah, so...
1: That sounds like a real person. Yeah. Mac McCarbonite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm, He's legit. (laughs) Has a social security number and everything.
0: One one one, one, one 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 Yeah. Yeah. I, I was also I have say, to go job one, hunting one, two, for him right away
1: two, here. To prove <laughs> so he yeah. to Facebook that he's a real person. <laughs> exactly. Get a mortgage in his name.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a family. <laughs> Facebook is Just full, full, double yeah. full double life in it. How 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 could political parties have such an easy time making bots when you can't create a fake account to advertise a tournament so that your work <laughs> friends aren't like get a life?
1: <laughs> yeah, totally, I hear you, I get that. That's funny.
3: Maybe what? you should just start colluding with Russia.
4: Yeah. yeah Troll uh, farm. Get them, make some, uh, some boxes. <laughs> Ooh.
0: All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Yeah, I, much. I hope this event is even bigger and better than last year, and it sounds like it's well on its way to happening.
3: Awesome. Yeah. It's uh. Thanks for having me, and we hope to see you guys there. Ward's go to sniper kill to defend, and
4: yeah, you know, I've got I'll have the, to show up. I've got the weekend yeah. off. Oh yeah! So I should just put the schedule right Looking now. pretty Wait good. Well, cool. Yeah, right shared
0: Google and... calendars, man. That's the thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and don't
3: forget to try and hack the website for the free admission. Oh, Steve will be on. I'm going to
1: do that for
3: sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Well, uh, that's it for this segment. Thanks again, Matt. And I guess we'll probably talk to you again this time next year.
3: Thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> so that was our interview with Matt. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, so this is been... I sure
1: did. My goodness,
0: <laughs> it was great. Uh, this has been another episode of Howdy In Canada. Until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Mike. I'm Steve.
1: And I'm Dan. Alright, play some tiny plans. And play some infinity. Yeah, true.